from downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka. This week on Nintendo Main, I'm back from Iowa. I got Kirby and Lego Star Wars, and we have John Wedgworth here to talk about the fun times we had in Iowa. Elden Ring finally gave me the two fingers. I beat five games. Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 315, your place to hear Nintendo fans talk about Nintendo games and the ultimate Sega Tower of Power, which we'll get to at some point. But we are your hosts. I'm Trey Amiibo Hunter Johnson. I'm Jeremy. This is the 80s, babies. Mikowski. I'm John, American hero knitter. And a special guest. This is John, new Mike who dis, got attacked by a goose today, literally wearing fuzzy bunny slippers right now. As quoted in the State of the Switch survey, armchair ambassador to Des Moines, Eastmost Peninsula is the secret pseudo apt get Wedgeworth. Wow. Esquire. Hi. That, that's one of <laughs> that's one of our longest nicknames, I think we have. No, or or middle middle names. That's pretty good. So uh John Wedgeworth of of Nerd Noise Radio, not to be confused with uh, Nerf Noise Radio, as you uh um April Fools for a minute there. Oh wait, that wasn't real. <laughs> I was writing a proposal for being a guest on the show. I was gonna say you're you're, you're <laughs> home for the you're home for the best thump noises from projectiles being shot out of weapons of children's warfare. The new Nerf stuff's really cool. I played with it. Uh, with, I guess they're kind of my niece and nephew, my partner's niece and nephew, and their their basement. They have a bunch of Nerf guns. We just had a Nerf war one day when I went over there, and it was so fun. Like those new those new Nerf Nerf guns that shoot the balls. Those are yeah, awesome. They're serious. I, I was hoping that you would just post the soundtrack for that Nerf Legends game that was apparently really terrible that came <laughs> out on the Nintendo Switch. And that would be your episode that you did was the Nerf Legends. Wasn't there soundtrack. a Nerf game on the Wii that came with like a, a foam like attachment or something? That sounds there, like a thing. Maybe. That, yeah. I mean that sounds like a thing. But but yeah. apparently Nerf Legends was like terrible. Like the on all the systems, not even just Switch. But I remember there was a recent Nerf game that just got yeah. Nerfed. Everybody hated it. Yeah, <laughs> it got blasted in the reviews. I did get to do a I did get to do a tweak on my uh, typical sign off uh, for Nerf Noise Radio. It was fire the N. There you go. Yeah, fire the Nerf. Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, so yeah um yeah it's as I was saying actually pretty much. Since we stopped recording last week, and I just got back last night, I was in Des Moines for like six days. So, so got to see John Wedgworth finally in person, and we did, and we went and did some fun things and all that, which we'll talk about at some point on the show. But I thought that since uh, John Knitter was not here on our show last week, we should start off with with what you've been doing. So we'll start off the show as we normally do with what we've been playing and what we got for the week. Well, not only was I gone last week i actually had a pretty busy two weeks gaming wise so I, I do have a bit to talk about most endearing i got a paper switch from my nephew it was just like so cute you know uh 
He said, Uncle John, what, what do you want me to draw? And I said, that's, well, draw, draw what you want, want for me, you know. He said, I'm going to draw you a switch. So he drew me a little paper switch and cut it out and everything. And I shared a picture with you guys. He did a great job. He put the, like, everything's placed correctly on the Joy-Cons and stuff. Can, can you oh. detach and yes. reattach those paper Joy-Cons on there? <laughs> well, with scissors and tape, I bet you can. It's a I switch light. I, I hope yep. there's no drift on there either. I think no. what your nephew is saying is that they need to look into a more slim form factor. Right. <laughs> That's Generation Z or whatever, Generation Alpha, whatever he is. They already got ideas. Yeah, and in that picture there, is that folder, or are those the folders that you have? Yeah, I was trying to figure out. I think he was drawing Minecraft, because he's pretty into Minecraft. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out what the game was that they were trying to depict on the screen there. That's a pretty good, yeah, if you're going to, like, make a completely, like, minimalist Minecraft image, that's pretty good. Yeah, he colored it green and drew a bunch of squares all over it. um, Yeah, so I really appreciate it. It was especially nice, because... Yeah, he um, he's my he's my step nephew. So uh, married into the family almost two years ago now, and so it was just a nice moment to, of like, oh, like he's doing something nice for me, and and it was his idea to draw the switch. So he's like signaling that oh he he gets me, he understands the things that I like, and so it was really nice to actually put it up on my fridge. So I'll I'll keep it forever. It's really really nice. I love it. Uh, the next thing I did was I rearranged my gaming setup. So I just decided to clean it up a little bit because over the last couple of months, I've gotten some new stuff and I would just throw it on the shelf and it wouldn't look nice, but it was just a nice Zen moment. That I really felt better after doing it, cleaning it up, making it look good. Yeah, I got my Ikea shelves and those are like just so perfect for displaying your gaming stuff. I can't recommend them more to, to anybody who's looking for such a solution. That's, that's the thing to do. I got a new HDMI cord for travel. So just because I, Again, I've, I said it before on the show, the Switch is my most traveled system. I don't play it a whole lot in handheld, but I do bring the whole thing everywhere, dock included, to different houses and things. And finally, I just decided to get an HDMI cord just for that, so I don't have to reach back and unplug everything. I should send you the link, a link to the Switch case that I got, John, because I got a... I bought a new Switch case when I got the OLED, well, when I got the side big Joy-Cons for the side because it wouldn't fit in my uh, Switch case anymore. But I got a Switch case that's about, like, yay big. But it has, like, spots for, like, uh, here's where the dock goes and here's where the plug goes. And you can put, like, two controllers here also plus another thing. And it does really well, like, because I I take the whole thing with me when I go on jobs and stuff. And it's been great. Like, I've really been enjoying it. Like, it has... Has pockets for everything, so it can put so it'll put the whole thing. Plus, it has like a pro controller pocket that I put the eight bit dough in, and there's another spot on the side where I put like the big Joy Cons on, and I kind of just slide it in, and and there's you know little spots that for you to carry all of it together. It's probably especially nice when you're going to hotels and things. You you kind of want it to look still organized as you're setting up in your hotel room to have a nice little all in one package like that. I imagine that that's probably pretty useful. Well, I, I mean, can vouch for how cool it is. Yeah, John oh, saw it. Sorry. Yeah, John Witchworth saw it because <laughs> I, I showed it to you on the while I was out. But it, I mean, it, it's just it, for me, it's really because I would like, I would buy, you know, so I would pack the Switch and I'd pack the Switch just by itself in a case. But I'm like, okay, well, I want to bring the 8 bit toe. I want to bring the, the, the dock. I want to bring the plug. I want to bring the HDMI. And this was all taking up extra spaces in my other bag. So if I just have mm-hmm. one case that has all of this in it, then I don't have to worry about it taking up places in the bag now. So now I have more space for more stuff in the other bag was, was the idea that I was going for with it. And it works great. Like it's been, I've been using it a lot and it's uh yeah, holds a lot, holds a lot of things and such 
I remember you did se- you did send it to the Slack, so I got to check that out. It did look pretty cool. But I bought the, the cord from... I, I wanted to get the actual like Nintendo-branded HDMI cord just because I'm you know, a stickler about that kind of stuff. I want it all to be first-party if I can get it first-party. And to my surprise, it was near impossible to find one. Like I think they've just stopped... Oh, I see the, the case there. Yes. Yeah, there it is. See, it, holds, nice. it holds everything. It, you have just used the it hold, HDMI cord from one of your classic systems? It holds like 20 games, too, also. But, yeah. Um, I could have, but I have those actually hooked up right now. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, I looked for the actual Nintendo-branded HDMI cord. Um, you could have used the really tiny one for your uh, Game & Watch. I could have. <laughs> is there... I, I thought that was, I mean, well, that that's just a charger, though, right? That's just a USB-C charger. Yeah, it charger. is just a charger, yeah. I thought, you, but you're talking about to plug to the TV, right? To the, to but the it's still a USB-C, yeah. No, but, but John, you're talking about an HDMI cord, right? Oh, like, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Not, not a charger. Yeah, well, I mean, so you I can, found it on... Um, I say, you can use anyone, but yeah, no, I understand that maybe you want to... I want the Nintendo party. one. If yeah. I can get a first-party thing, I'm going to get first-party, whatever it is. And so... um after about half an hour of looking, I finally found one on Walmart that was they were selling through a third party seller, sort of like what Amazon does. So I got it to yesterday, got it yesterday, and just finally figuring like, okay, well, if they had this cord that was really hard to find, what else do they have on, on their own website, not Walmart? But I went to the reseller's uh, website, that it was resalefirm.com, and actually it seemed to be a pretty good place to find replacement parts, like anything that you might you know, say like like if you're if you're the stick broke off your Joy-Con, they had replacement Joy-Con sticks. You know, not whole systems. They didn't have stuff like that. Just bits and pieces, cases for DSs. If you want to upgrade your case to the Triforce DS case, they had one for like fifteen dollars. Oh, okay. So uh, it was a pretty cool site. It was resalefirm.com, um, and I may be checking it out soon for my eight bit dough because that uh, the stick. On my eight bit though, just like Jeremy's, it cracked. I see Jeremy making a frowny face right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the thumb pad. I was sad to see that because that's the same model yeah. that that's my brand new model. So now I yeah. can expect that with this one too. Yay. Yeah, in about a year. So mine is a year old. So in <laughs> about a year, you'll be seeing that again. No, um, that's a that's the first controller I've seen do that. Is that you ubiqu- is that kind of a known thing for eight bit dough controllers to have that happen? Well, it's just it's happened to Jeremy and to me now and I own three 8-bit Doku controllers, and none of them have cracked for me, for me yet. So I don't know. I mean, you, you've you both had it. What I had was my first 8-bit Doku is that the, um, and I mentioned it before on the show, but like the spring that makes the, the buttons come back up after you push them, they would get really yeah. worn down on the first like generation of uh, it. So it gets mushy. So, so my, well, mine basically got to the point where my B button just wouldn't come back up anymore. Like you would just push it and it would just stay down forever. Mm. So it made it completely mm. unusable and I had to get another one. And that was a problem That's with great. the first model of the 8-bit dose, but apparently they don't do that anymore because I got a second model and then I bought the 2.0 or whatever. And those are fine, but yeah, no, I haven't had any problems with the, with the analog sticks breaking yet. Yeah, and it's like, I think the material is like, it's not I don't think it's actually plastic. I think it's like a really hard rubber or something that they're using because there was never an instance where I just, you know, I, I didn't like drop it and hear a crack or anything like that. It just seems like it's, it just gets worn out over time. And I, as I recall, I think Jeremy's uh, break even looked kind of the same. Like it was on the edge of the thumb pad. Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah. I think there's like, um, I think there's like an actual stick there and then there's a sort of a cover over it. Yeah. I think that could probably be replaced. 
Um, and Jeremy's is the newest. I for sure dropped my pito multiple times. So I was never going to rule out that it was just through neglect that it broke. I, I dropped mine too. I mean, why? Well, I, I mean, I kind of dropped. I mean, you know, we all drop things. It happens, you know. I've only yeah. dropped my switch like twice, but I definitely felt my stomach drop both times. I've like, uh, you know, knock on wood, whatever. I haven't dropped my switch yet, but I thought about it. And when I talk about my setup that I had to do at the hotel, uh, we can mention that again because my setup was kind of precarious where it looked like it might fall and break and I was kind of nervous about that. But but yeah. yeah. So we'll see what I what I'll do about this this stick. Maybe I'll I'll look into getting just the top replaced if Jer- if as Jeremy says it's just the top can come off. Well and then if you're able to do it, that will probably empower me to try to do the same because I wouldn't mind refurbishing my old one and mm-hmm. using it. I still have a lot of trouble getting it to connect. It started doing that shit again, so maybe I have to up- upgrade the firmware or whatever. My my other one that I have that I still use, it's always a pain to connect it. I always have to like, I basically like press the button, then I hit the sync button for it to go off, and then I hit the sync button again, and then it comes on. Like that's that's how I do it. It takes like yeah, ten too. seconds, but that's what I have to do. Now there was something you were telling me, Trey, when you were over at my house about how um, I can never remember the brand name of your like super joy cons the bin box because <laughs> they have a weird box. ass name yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so it sounds like a lunch. Saying, it does it like a bento box yeah uh-huh. um so you were saying though that you can use your bin box to to wake your switch up but you can't use the 8-bit dough to do that right is that's that correct yeah right? yeah no well yeah and, i mean until i had the bin box i actually thought that none of the third-party controllers could actually wake up your switch and it was only the nintendo ones that could but maybe because the bin box like acts as a joy con it's able to wake it up like that i don't know i don't know why it is but yeah but yeah it can uh, you can because take it's your... acting like a joy con instead of a pro controller yeah it, it well, can it, it can take your system out of uh, sleep mode because of that although and a I pro think controller it... can also <laughs> well the nintendo <laughs> made one not the 8-bit dough one so yeah i don't know i don't know why they can do that and why 8-bit dough can't but that's just how well, it but is. it sounds like Sounds like the moral of the story is Binbok does what eight bit don't. <laughs> Pretty much, I guess. Even though I like the feel of the of the eight bit dough a little bit better. Well done. Because I told you about how you can. I showed you how you can slide it into its own controller thing, but it doesn't feel quite right. It actually feels too close because I'm used to it being on the far sides of the switch, like a like a wider, like a Wii U, you know, pad controller type thing. Mm-hmm. So, but whatever. I mean, I like it for what it does. I like it for its handheld stuff. Your um your, your your TV setup that you have here, John, it actually reminds me yep. a lot of the uh, TV stand that I got from Target. Like I got a Target a, a TV oh, yeah. s- stand from Target that is just like the four there, like the two on top of two, and mm-hmm. that's and that's where I have like my NES, Super Nintendo, GameCube, and sixty four, and it looks almost exact identical to what you have there. It's not um, I think IKEA, but it's similar it was, setup. It was Target. It was it was at Target, but it was it was cheap, and it's it's in there. Oh yeah, I can see. It's like the yep. same thing. Yeah. Simpler is better as far as setting up your all your different game systems, I think. Just having the cubes yeah, that's e- the ideal. Either way it works great. It works great for me too. So I I was like, oh, I have something like that. You can also get little like uh wireframe mm-hmm. like shelves you can put in there and then like split it into two where you can fit two consoles one on top of the other. Yeah, and that's exactly what um you know, all those shelves and stuff that I have on there, you know, those are all just cubes normally but then you buy the inserts the drawers or the doors you stick them yeah. on there i want to get like jeremy said the the splitter thing to make it you know so you can double up the consoles because so i do have a couple more that i wasn't able to put up there um did anybody watch the halo tv show this week because i watched it and I Fuck no. it was pretty good <laughs> hell no hell no no, yeah, I... no that's better uh well 
I let me tell you something. I mean, this no surprise for anybody, but I never gave any shits whatsoever about any of the Halo games. So my uh, my interest in a Halo is TV a... show is like I mean, I already I already hate video game movies as yep. people have heard anybody who's listened to the show knows that. And I'm like, Halo TV show, I don't give a fuck. And even the Halo fans are not liking it. So I'm like, no no dice on that one. I mean, I, I don't give any I don't give no shits about about Master Ch- Master Chef or whatever his name is as the main <laughs> character. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I More thought it was actually, I went into it expecting nothing. I'm not a Halo fan either, but I, I ended up enjoying the action for the first 20 minutes. But at the same time, they didn't really introduce you to the characters. They just kind of threw you into the action. So I was like, this is well choreographed, but I don't know who these people are really or why they're fighting. And so the show was starting to lose me there. But around the middle or so, they did actually get into the story and and the characters and there's there's something there i think it's worth watching um you know especially if you're a halo fan which again not me um it's worth checking out and it is free on youtube the first episode if you want to watch the first episode i don't know i don't remember what the channel is i i heard people saying that it sort of had the uh, book of boba fett problem where master chief is spending too much time without his helmet on <laughs> and most of the people want to just see him look like he does in the game and nobody gives a shit what he actually looks like under the helmet like I saw, a lot of people had trouble with that, where yeah. people want Boba Fett to be Boba Fett and not, uh, you know, whatever he is. Even though I like that show, you know, whatever. But so, am I the me? only Halo fan in the in the room? Then I liked so. Halo. Possibly. Like, so for me, Halo was uh, like a bonding thing with my little brother because he's super okay. into Halo. Like he's the kind of guy to play it on Legendary the day it comes out and try to like finish it that same day if possible. Co-op with his friend. He's got a friend where they always like meet up, but like. I would play multiplayer with him, uh, especially in Halo 2. When that came out, I played a lot of multiplayer when I'd go visit him. So yeah, that's my experience with Halo. Well, I did a lot of multiplayer on Halo 2 also. And that was back before that was that was back when I was competitive. You know, I mean, I mean, not I wouldn't get first place. I'd be but see my level of com- uh, competitiveness is on an eight player game. I'm OK with anything like five or better. You know, as long as I'm not like last i don't need to be first i'm i'm okay being in the middle Same. but yeah well but also i think the most vulgar thing i've ever said in a group chat s- happened in a halo 2 game there was this um 11 year old who, who whose voice hadn't dropped yet he was just first flapping his wings into the great world of profanity and he was just kind of stinking up the whole room <laughs> and so at one point i said hey so and so have you ever seen your mom juice an orange with just her nipples and he's like, no. And before he could finish saying that, I blurted out, well, I have. And then you hear like six people laughing in the background. It was great. <laughs> that would be impressive. I feel like I've heard you say that before. Maybe you said that on another episode or something. But I, feel I, like I might was, have. I might have. Yeah. yeah. I might, have, might have heard well, that. But yeah, that, that's, a, that's a way to throw down those 11-year-olds on Halo. That's <laughs> how you get your vitamin T. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea of, uh, of of flying into the world of swearing, like how, how you uh, described that <laughs> earlier. Yeah. O- opening your wings into, into swear, Bill. <laughs> That's what I do every morning when I get up. I'm like, yes, swear, swearville. I'm just like, hell damn. Just looking in the mirror. I'm like, hell damn, ass kings. Fuck you. I get up. Yeah. Verbalizing profanities. Yeah. <laughs> John, you didn't see the TV show? No, but I really meant to. I, I, I really, okay, look, I am a Halo fan, okay? Mm. Uh, and, and I've heard pretty decent things about the show, you know? I mean, and the way you describe it, that 20 minutes of action, if you're not a Halo fan, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's probably confusing. But for people like me who who do like the show, I probably yeah. would be able to track with it the whole time, right? So I think you you would. Know, you've got 
you've got Master Chief, you've got you've got uh, the soldiers, the UNSC soldiers. You've probably got the Covenant there. You know, um, I imagine. I, I really do intend to watch it. I just haven't got around to it. And you know, um, my wife has really. So I know this was a huge show, like a decade and a half ago, but we somehow slept on slept on breaking bad and and jody just discovered it and just fell in love with it and and she she marathoned the entire series in like a couple weeks like a week or two you know and she's so into it she's like will you please watch i want you to watch at least season one with me and so we watched the very first episode tonight and i thought it was great and so we're looking forward to watching the rest of it moral of the story it might be a little while before i can get to halo (laughs) sure you know it's one of the best tv shows ever made easily it is if you like it, Better Call Saul. Yeah, you got a lot of TV. It starts. It starts, and it like it's one of the few TV shows also that I watched where I was happy with how it ended. Like you, sometimes they just get kind of like shitty at the end, you know, like, like Game know, of Thrones, grasping at straws, <laughs> whatever you call it. Yeah, but no, this one re- was very satisfying. How yeah, it I ends. don't think that show has an ounce of fat on it. I think everything is there for a purpose. It's just great. So sometimes okay. they go off book and make two real shitty seasons, like a. Uh, Game of Thrones does, but uh, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, Breaking Bad was. I re- I remember I marathon most of it when I finally watched it, but but yeah, Better Call Saul was really really good too. Like you should definitely watch that if you liked that one. And it's supposed to actually the final season is supposed to come out soon, so yeah, I'm excited to watch that. Well, this is just gonna, this is just going to keep me away from Halo even longer. Then, well, <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. So moving on to some of the games that I beat, I beat Sly Spy, which is an old arcade shooter. It's really a beat 'em up with where you have a gun is really what it is. Um, mm-hmm. That was just a fun, simple afternoon. You know, I wanted to play something easy, and uh, I got a, a funny boss fight out of it, which I sent to our, our chat group. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're like scratch. <laughs> you're like more scratching his nuts than uh, killing him or something. Yeah, because like there was one one enemies. One of the bosses is basically odd job from 007 mm-hmm. and he's throwing the hat at you and all that stuff and i i essentially caught him in a loop just by shooting him straight in the nuts where he he reacts he just goes oh 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 but he's, he's defending so he doesn't do anything he just pauses as long as you keep shooting him in the nuts he just pauses and says oh 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 so i got it for like 30 seconds of him uh, so what you're saying is you saw his O face yep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then I was in the mood for more uh, beat 'em up, so I played Night Slashers, played all the way through that. That was such a quick, easy, fun, like piece of candy of a game. Just but, you know, yeah. something to just enjoy for a moment. The game was fun. Um, I, I mean, I beat it yeah. whenever I bought it, but that was last year sometime, I think. But it, it was fun. It was a good romp. Really gory too, and I love the audio design. Like, oh man, they were like breaking cantaloupes and you know squishing things, <laughs> and it was just so gory and. You hear the bones breaking, and I look forward to the remake actually, which is supposed to be coming soon. They announced this like I didn't hear about that. We reported on that, I think, last summer. They were doing a remake of Night Slashers, and it actually huh. came out that news came out like the same week that the game actually the original game actually hit the switch. Oh, yeah, no, I, so, I yeah, I forgot about it because well, well, I remember playing the game because uh, what was it? Um, one, one of the one of the guests that we had, uh, Ben, he was talking about how good it was. And I just got it and I played through it. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. Like, it was good good enough for me to play all the way through the, the beat-em-up. So, you know. Uh, I played Donut County, which, you know, another charming Katamari-style game we've talked about before. Yeah, that game's um, great, too. Well, I, know, I think Jeremy beat it, and then I beat it, and now you beat it. But, yeah, no, it's... No, I beat it. I think I beat it one sitting. It's, it's cool. It's got a lot of really fun. Mm-hmm. It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of Pikmin also with the fun descriptions of the mm-hmm. of the things that you pull into the oh, holes yeah. and all that. Like kind of reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of the Pikmin games. 
like kind of from the raccoon's perspective yeah yeah well yeah like how pikmin like will find like a fruit but not say what the actual fruit is you know they'll come up with this funny name to describe what it is but not actually say what it is and that's kind of it'll be like what like pucker fruit was a lemon i think Mm -hmm. yeah and what was it one of my favorite ones was the uh what was it um you know the ones that are green on the outside but like but fuzzy on the outside kiwi yeah, it was like oh, the kiwi. Yeah, the kiwi. The kiwi it, it calls it like the deceiver or something like that. Like how it's it's not <laughs> as it's not as what it seems, and it, it's always funny to see the way they describe things, especially when you get into Pikmin two and you're finding like Nintendo cartridges and stuff like that, and you see like how Olimar uh, describes it. Like it's it's cool. One of the games I really want to talk about is American Hero. I want to shine some light on this game because this is an FMV game from the '90s that was originally intended for the Jaguar CD, but never came out. And they actually finished it, uh, you know, it came out last year. And you can play this long lost, never released Jaguar game on the Switch. I was like, how did I miss this? Uh, I had to get it right away. And man, it it's glorious. Like, it's basically like you're playing a 90s straight to video action movie. So if you like those cheesy 90s action movies on VHS or FMV, this is for you. If for anyone who doesn't know, uh, John is our FMV uh, king here yep. on this show. Like he That's me. Yeah. tries to get all of the ones that are available. His yep. chat is actually pre-recorded. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, press right to go to the next scene. No. Uh, no. It, it, one thing I thought was interesting from it is the person who played uh, Sindel in the second Mortal Kombat movie is in the game. So yep, I know. I noticed that because my wife was watching through Voyager all the way again and. And that character was actually in a Voyager episode, and they look a lot like Seven of Nine, but not Seven of Nine. And I just, I just seen her, and I just looked her up to see what she was in, and she was Sindel in Mortal Kombat Annihilations. And then I saw that what John sent the the video of that one, and I'm like, oh, that's that same fucking lady. And I looked it up, mm-hmm. and it's like, there it is, yeah, American Hero. So I was correct. <laughs> the presentation is fantastic. The first thing that you see when you open the game is that familiar. FBI warning screen that you saw in videos, you know, do not copy videos, whatever. Um, but it's actually warning you about the now offensive content, the, the, the content that, that was seen as okay in the day. And it's basically recontextualizing it so that you go into the experience knowing what you're going to see. And they say stuff like, you're, you're going to, we, we thought this game was worthwhile. I knew for its technical merits and its ingenuity, but please pardon all the misogyny and uh, all this other stuff that's, that's in there. That's bad. And by the way, the misogyny is rampant. It's like, um, uh, it, it's like those warnings at the beginning of the Muppet show on uh, Disney yes. plus. If you watch that, where it's like, yeah, these racial stereotypes that we did, uh, they were never right. And they, they were wrong and they're still wrong, but you know, just be ready, I guess. <laughs> That's, I always thought that yeah. was kind of a cool way to present it, where it's like, yeah, yeah, some of this stuff isn't really, you know, we shouldn't have done it like this, but, you know, for the mm-hmm. sake of preservation, we're just leaving it in there, and we're just apologizing that it was a dumb thing to do, and all that. See, it sounds like kind of the same thing. It's the same thing, and it's it's cool to see it in a video. I think this is the first time I've seen this in a video game re-release. I've seen it in movies and TV shows, but I think that's a cool standard to follow. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, some of the bad stuff in this game that you'll see is every female character in the game takes her clothes off, except for two. It's heavy metal. It's the heavy metal movie. Did you ever see the cartoon, the heavy metal cartoon? Oh, yeah. Every female character in that whole movie gets naked at some point. I mean, I was watching it, I was like, this is kind of weird, because every time you see a female, (laughs) clothes come off. I'm like, all right. Honestly, I thought the movie... That was the 80s, babies! I thought the movie kind of sucked, but I mean, people like it for whatever reason, but I was just like, this this is kind of... (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. And it wasn't even... Like, I watched it like 10 years ago or something like that, or even more than that. I was already like... 
I don't know. This is weird. <laughs> like, why does everybody who, every woman who shows up has to get naked? Like, this is kind of, and I watch trauma movies and not even all the women on that get naked. So, you know, hmm. the one of the women who did not get naked in this game uh, was like very purposely depicted as ugly. And her name was Frau Hag. Yikes. So like, yeah, if, you, if you're not yeah. getting them naked, you're, you're offending them Making and calling them ugly. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it starts at a strip club and there's one instance where you meet a woman for the first time and within 30 seconds you're having sex with her wow i didn't so, know this game was so like adult <laughs> or yeah. so uh, there's actual nudity in there but yeah, they yeah. did block it out they blocked it out with with black squares you know to oh. get the the rating oh. um, which i think it's rated i mean because you know the nintendo switch has nudity on it it's not nintendo doesn't try to censor, Animal Crossing, censor anything anymore <laughs> <laughs> i remember that book <laughs> uh, but we talked about that one game uh what was it outlast david uh, Outlast has full-on dicks, has naked people with dicks yeah. uh, shaking yeah. around chasing and that you, was which real early on too. makes it extra scary. Yeah, that was in like the first <laughs> year of the Switch. So, And there was that other like puzzle game that sort of looked like uh, Sin City that had like had nudity in the demo even. I remember that being a thing where they, they're like, you could download the demo and there's already like, there's like boobs everywhere and they're like, oh shit, we'd, I guess mm-hmm. we'd miss that when we put it out as a free <laughs> demo, but whatever. <laughs> but um, you know, as far as the FMV and the gameplay and all that stuff, they do some cool things that were pretty inventive and rare for the time. Like there's choices that you can make early in the game that affect the game later on in the experience. And it's so far, I've only found like one or two of those, but it's there. And that's pretty cool to see. Um, there's an achievement system for extra gameplay. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not a long experience. I'm I'm pretty much essentially totally done with it. And I think I maybe four four hours, maybe I spent on it. So don't expect a whole lot, but it's only 15 bucks. And the kitsch value is like through the roof. If you like those FMV games or 90s action movies, again, it's, it's for you. Give it a chance. Does, does, um, it, does it have like a multiple endings or anything like that or is it just like yes okay so there is like re- replayability factor like is it kind of like yeah. a kind of like pre uh night shift sort of thing where you can um or great or whatever it was called night shift right night, where, night where, trap night trap no 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 not night trap the other one the the, the good one oh, night shift yeah, that we yeah, played the, yeah, yeah. The, the actual yeah, good like, one that came out not that long ago that has it's like a choose your own adventure but has like 12 yeah. different endings or whatever like that game was awesome yeah the game was cool so i would say like if you if you were to look at the the first FMV games like around you know ninety two or whenever those came out the really bad ones all the way to you know, Night Shift the good good games this would be like the first step on the way to Night Shift okay yeah because I remember Night Shift having like a, I think Janet did a whole th- breakdown of like all the different things you have to do to get from, get to different parts and all that and it was a big thing like like one of my like nephews like who was like uh, whatever like single digits was like impre- impressed that I had Night Shift on my Switch they were like oh oh you know mm-hmm. all the endings like because because you know so many people would make like YouTube videos about getting to different parts of it and all that and it's kind of a big thing for the kids and all that stuff but but yeah you're saying that was like kind of the beginning of that yeah I would say so it's worth it's worth trying for fifteen bucks. And I got Trey's copy of Bowser's Fury. Yeah, so thank you, Trey. And I got it back and already. Got it back already. I just wow. got it today. It was, so, it was so quick. Yeah, yeah. I beat it the next day, and or the day after that, and then I hundred percented it the day after that. So I, I dove in hard and fast on that one, and I loved it. Like honestly, I think that's the new direction for Mario games. I'm so happy you both got full to play Mario it, game on that. Yeah. I, I gushed so much about it, and I kind of felt like, do they believe me that it's that good? Yeah, you were right. It would have been worth sixty bucks 
just for that. I felt really, I felt really bad, like for sending it to you so late. But I finally like oh, got, no got on it, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to," because I was gonna, because like Jess had a bunch of bunch of coins that I was gonna deposit, like in the in the bank and all that, and like big uh, whatever quarter quarter rolls. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go to the bank and I'm gonna go to the post office. I'm gonna send that fucking 3D world." Because I because I had finished it way back in January, and I'd just been sitting on it for a while, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna send it." I was not, I wasn't waiting on it. It was a nice surprise. Yeah, I just. Okay, I still have not mail him the thing we got for a Matt. Yeah, you gotta send that Sonic picture. I should have. I should have. <laughs> I should have not put that on you. I guess I shouldn't have been I'm, like, "Oh, you no, should, you send that's it. not on." It's on me for being like, because like I literally could have mailed it when I did my passport last week and I forgot. Dude, to come on. You got me a Genesis controller when I couldn't get one, so yeah, no worries. You'll get your Sonic photo. You. It's just it's send it, but no, it, yeah, it already like I sent it before before I went to Iowa, and then I come back and it's already here. But yeah, it's I mean it's only like what about like ten hours, but it was yeah it was highly yeah. enjoyable. Do you uh as Jeremy was saying when you sent it like. Do you wish that it would have been on your top ten games of the year of last year if you would have played? Yeah, it, <laughs> it would have. It would, it would have been on there. Yep, for sure. It would have been high on there. I would. Lo- I would really love to see that. Yeah, I. I agree. I mean, I'm sure we've all said, that. and you played it also, John Wedgeworth as well, right? Didn't you say you played? Oh uh, yeah, Bowser's yeah. Fury? I played it all the way through, and I. I think the. I think I see the the kernel of uh, a great future for the Mario franchise, like you guys are saying. Yeah, it's um. I mean, because you know, people are still like thinking that maybe there's because we haven't heard anything for so long since Odyssey and since Zelda got delayed and all that stuff. People mm-hmm. still think that there might be a Mario sequel this year, and if they do I do doubt. one, I would love to see them do it like this one, like the Bowser's one. Not this year. I think no way this year. Yeah. I think. But whenever they do, uh, whenever they do, they should do Bowser's yeah. Fury. Is what I'm saying. But a bigger, they do but, Bowser's but more. Yep. Yeah. I, I did. Ha- I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I I took it with me to New York and I played it on the plane on the way there and all that stuff. So it was. It was a fun travel game, and I was having having a good time with it. But now, but now we've all played it. All four of us have played the Bowser's Fury, so that's exciting. That's Bowser's Fury. Give, there you go. <laughs> I give my my pick of the week to American Hero just to shine that light on it. But you know, obviously, Bowser's Fury is like the great game. Yeah, for sure. Bowser's the real American Hero. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, a lot of cool. Like uh, very cool with the um with the you know Godzilla type stuff that was happening there the kaiju battles mm-hmm. so uh so john wedgeworth uh let's talk about let's talk about some iowa stuff are you wanted to what have you been what have you been doing this week what did you want to say before we get into those well together stuff yes so um well the first thing is the the first thing this is um this is kind of fun for me i am actually debuting my new mic on this recording. I don't now it's, I don't know how it's going to sound in the final recording, having gone through zoom and all that stuff. I don't think it's going to sound as good as if I was doing, I were doing a straight recording, but um, you know, for the past five years, I've been using an audio technica AT 2020 condenser mic because I had been laboring under the false impression that, that uh, condenser mics were what everyone used for podcasts or radio and that kind of stuff. And only very recently found out that no, actually most, most uh, use dynamic mics. And so I, I got, me a Rode pod mic and uh, a cloud lifter and and I think the thing sounds amazing. I um I, I really think this is I mean I think in the grand scheme of things that this versus the AT2020 it's kind of a draw because they're just apples and oranges but for the purposes of what I'm trying to do with Nerd Noise Radio I always felt like I could never I was just not quite getting that that radio sound uh, that I always wanted and and I think in retrospect it's because I was using the wrong kind of mic the entire time. So I can't wait to debut it on the show and it's kind of fun to debut it here. Uh, the other thing that I did, I think the last couple of times we actually had you on the show, you were using like earbuds. 
Like, I don't think you were actually using, like, the microphone. Maybe it was in the situation, because there was one time that we were using it, and you had, like, one, you were wear, using, like, headphones, or it was attached to headphones or something like that, because it was rubbing. I remember it was rubbing on your shirt. I could find oh, the, yeah, I could yeah, find yeah. the video through Patreon and prove it to you, but it was, and I'm just saying, I don't even know if I actually heard the specific mic through here, through this, through this channel. But we okay. also, I use a dynamic mic as well for for what i've been doing I, I really don't i just used it just because i was used to the sure mics from doing audio stuff through school and all that yeah so is mine well, not a dynamic mic what are you using i think it is you're 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 sm58 you're 58 i think that's a dynamic mic also i mean because so. my mic is is mostly used to record like um because you have an sm57 right i have a 57 which is used for like instruments and stuff like that but i mm -hmm. i just used it in school and i really liked the way it looked yeah yours i think just, mine you're, just yours has dynamic. a grill. i think that's the only difference yeah you're just dynamic also they're the same they're both cardioid dyna dynamic mm -hmm. mics for anybody who doesn't know a cardioid it looks like a heart it's like it's like an upside down mm -hmm. heart like the pickup pattern i've had this bad boy on stage and screaming into it yeah so it's well, done a good job well, well yeah 50 the 58 is kind of like the rock star as far as like uh handheld mm -hmm. vocal mics go for sure so i just like i mean i used the 57 a lot in school and i like the way it looked even though it's kind of more used for like recording drums and shit like that but whatever i'm a i'm a i'm a want i want to be drummer so i like it <laughs> The great irony to me is uh, condenser mics sound more dynamic and dynamic mics sound more condensed. You know, I just love the irony of that. You know, um, our two car, the two cars we drive, the names are ironically wrong too. You know, we have a Kia Sportage and a Kia Soul and the Soul is sportier than the Sportage, but the Sportage is more soulful than the Soul. I just love it when things are just like perfectly backwards like that. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, the other thing I was doing besides, um, besides the new mic is... I know this is pretty non-tendo of me, but I got to admit that I I can't recall the last time I've been so excited about a system launch than I am about the Steam Deck. In fact, I'm so excited about it that I wrote my first blog in like seven years just talking about the Steam Deck and why I'm so excited about it. And Are you and, uh, set to get it soon? Well, I'm, I am I reserved on the on the second day, and so I'm in the Q2 group. So I mean, this is my window. Sometime should... after, yeah, sometime now. Yeah, that's right. Sometime between April and, and June, yeah. I mean, they're pushing yeah. more out, right, is what I heard. Like, they, they are, like, sending more out, so people who do are on the they second are. one are getting them. So. They've been, like, me, like, like, confirming addresses and stuff with people, I think. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so what's what's not surprising is the top tier model is the most popular. So it's the one that's the hardest to get. Uh, I went for the middle model, the one that's got a 256 gig M.2 and does not have the matte screen. I, I, I just have never been a big fan of matte screens. The colors look flatter to me, you know. The, the colors on gloss screens look more. It depends on whether or not you're going to play it with a lot of like overhead lighting or outside. I think it's I'm probably between a matte and a glossy screen. Yeah, well, and I and I um and I'm probably going to play it in all sorts of contexts. And you know, having had a chance to play uh, Trey's OLED with the the Bitbox controllers gives me a pretty good idea of what the Steam Deck is going to feel like. And if, it's and it's I think okay. it's about the same because yeah, yeah, it's real gigantic with those things on there. Yeah. Well, you know, I, the elephant in the room about the Steam Deck is that it's an elephant in in every room. You know, I you got people posting pictures of it next to all sorts of things, and the thing is huge. I was gonna it. When I got it, I was going to get a picture of me holding it next to a city bus, you know, so, uh, you know, but anyway, um, so I'll give Trey a link to the blog and, and if, if you would, that'd be awesome if you put it in the show notes, but sure. um, the, the gist of it is the things that really excite me about it. And, um, and I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to call this thing a switch killer. It's not, you know, because switch has its own purposes and steam deck has its purposes. Um, but it, what it could be for me anyway, is the thing that dethrones the switch is my number one go-to system. Uh, it's, it's kind of a switch for PC gaming. You know, it, it brings a lot of the freedom and flexibility of the switch format, but then also brings the freedom and flexibility of the do whatever you want PC gaming. And you put those both in the same thing. And then on top of that, it's also like a full fat Linux desktop computer. If you exit out of the steam client, you put that thing in yeah, the dock. And I was going to say Linux computer. I was going to mm-hmm. say that since you're like, so uh, frequent with Linux, you'll actually be better off at it. Cause I heard, I heard stories of people trying to play like the uh, final fantasy pixel remaster on there and trying to fix the font, but you have to learn, you have to know how to use Linux in order to do that. Cause like the font sucks on all those new final fantasy games. So yeah, you okay. had to like, if you're not familiar with the operating system of that, you it, it will be difficult to you. But on another podcast, I was like, too, they were having problems. Well, and 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 I and it will be new for me because you know Linux is such a big beast. There's so many different kinds, right? Like I use Ubuntu Studio, which is a official flavor of Ubuntu, which is based on Debian. Uh, but the the Steam OS is based on Arch Linux, and so it's a completely different animal that I've never had a chance to play with. And and being it's. Earlier this month, I, I hit my two-year anniversary of being a Linux user, or Linux primary, anyway. And I'm starting to feel that itch of wanderlust. You know, like like Ubuntu is great, but I want to see what's outside the village. You know, and, and setting up virtual machines on my computers or hard drive partitions, those just rot. I just, I never do anything with those, right? But here's something now that I... That That's is what kind Windows of, would be, right? If you put Windows on your, that could be partitioned. Well, you, I, you know, I don't know if it supports partitions. Now you can flash it with Windows, but like the driver situation's all messed up, and it's. It kind of sounds um, like it's just a proof of concept and not something you'd actually want to do. Well, there are people who would want to do it if they wanted to play like uh, physical, or non-cloud-based Game Pass. Because okay. you can in Linux, you can only do that on cloud right now. Um, oh. But you know, so there would be some there would be some reasons for doing it. But the interesting thing is, Windows games in Windows on the Steam Deck perform worse than Windows games running through the Steam Proton uh, compatibility layer in Linux on the Steam Deck. And <clears throat> another thing that so excites me about the Steam Deck is is um, what it's going to do. It's going to be a catalytic propulsive element for enhancing gaming on Linux, you know, because now you have this mainstream system that is built around Proton. And so now all this energy is going to be coming into Steam Proton and it's going to be pushing gaming on Linux forward, which is already happening so fast. I mean, gosh, I I think we're, what, what, five years into Proton and we already have like 80, 90% of Windows games playable on Linux because of Proton. I mean, this thing is just, happening at light speed and now we have so what's this proton big, is that just like a, a is it like android ice cream android this that and the other like well like the current update of linux or is it like no it's um it's a compatibility layer it's it's based on okay. wine have you guys ever heard of wine i've drank it before. not as uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah have you ever yeah, heard of no, wine? um i mean red's pretty yeah. good yeah right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Jesus turned water into wine, better turned wine into piss, right? You know, but um, anyway, um, uh, no, it's so wine is a compatibility layer where you can run Windows apps in Linux, right? And so Proton is based on. So it's essentially like a kind of almost an emulator or like a emulator. It's like a, uh, it's like a pass. It's like something that allows like it to. Through. It converts it. There we go. It's a conversion. Yeah, sort of. I mean, emu- it's not quite an emulator, but that's close enough to the truth that we can go with that for the purposes of the program. Okay. So, but, but yeah, yeah. So it, it 
pushes all that and it gets Linux into the hands of more mainstream audiences, which is something that I want to see. Now, granted, you know, I mean, not a lot of most people aren't in it for Linux. They're in it for playing PC games on the go. And as long as the games work, they don't really care what, you know, it could be Mac for all they care. Right. You know, so I don't envision this thing becoming like turning the tables on the computer system. And now all of a sudden 50% of Windows or computer users are using Linux. That'd be great, but I don't see that happening, you know, but whatever, whatever impact it has on the, the computing world in general is going to be pro Linux is what I'm saying. You well, know I, I think, mean? I mean, anybody releasing on Steam is going to want it to be compatible with Steam Deck, and therefore they're going to have to consider that OS. Precisely, that's precisely it. So, mm-hmm. so the big things for the big things for me with the Steam Deck is its catalytic significance uh, for the advancement of gaming on Linux. Um, it's the the Ninten- marrying the flexibility of the Switch format with the flexibility of the PC for- gaming format, and uh, and then also. You know, look, I, I'm not going to throw my my Switch in the trash over this thing. I'm always going to love my Switch. I'm always going to love my Nintendo games, right? But what the, this thing is not a Switch killer. But you know what this thing is for me? A Switch killer. A Switch. A, no, a Switch. <laughs> That's what you said earlier, killer. though. <laughs> no, no, no. Switch tax a Switch, killer. Oh, yeah, a Switch yeah, yeah. tax killer. Yeah, no, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did so, say that. Well, well, while we were hanging out, you said that. Yeah. It'll, they'll charge yeah. a lot less. I like it. that. And yes, they will. Yeah, you, you're correct on that. Well, it's you like know, you look, hired someone to do your taxes for you. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so, but look, I mean, all, all, all four of us guys, right? Like we, how many times, how many times have we paid the switch tax just to get a game that we can play on the big screen or the small screen, right? Like, like instead of getting it for half the price a year earlier and with way better graphics on an Xbox or a PlayStation, we get it on the switch for more money and less graphics just because we love that flexibility of the form factor, right? It, it, Kidding. it frees us, it sure. frees us from the tethering to the couch or the marooning to the small screen, right? And and so now we're going to have that on uh, with computer games, and we're going to ha- now look. The Steam Deck is not a powerhouse. In fact, one of my only real long term concerns about it is how future proof is it, right? But up against the Switch, it's like something like two to four times as powerful as the Switch, right? It's basically as powerful as the theoretical Switch Pro would have been. And and so you get the game, a lot less money. And then you can you can make it perform a lot better than on the Switch, right? So, well, so another good thing about that is that when you purchase the games, they also are future proof. Maybe not on that particular OS, but you're always you guaranteed can, to play yeah. Steam on whatever because you can Steam it on your next you thing, so you can play it. So you can play it on whatever, right? And it, especially with yeah. the cloud saves, like I've fiddled around a little bit with playing Steam on my two different PCs, and it is kind of mm-hmm. nice how it just synchronizes automatically, and I can be playing it on whatever. Well, and that's the that's another thing I brought up in the in the blog too is like we talk about the switch tax, but I propose we could call it the Steam bonus because if you buy a game for the Steam Deck, then for no extra cost, that game will also be waiting for you on your your more powerful gaming PC back mm-hmm. home, right? So it's almost like you buy the PS3 version of the game and then you get a PS4 version for free, right? So 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 yeah, I'm real from that perspective. I'm really excited about, it. and the proof is in the pudding. Um, I I I've already eschewed buying two games on the eShop because I bought them on the Steam shop instead. Or, you know, I uh, uh, in other waters, I bought on Steam instead of on the eShop. And then, what is the name of that ra- that virtual racing inspired game? Uh, retro something... I don't, I don't even remember what the game is called, but I bought it tonight on Steam because it was like six bucks versus 15 bucks on the Switch. And I expected to play it on the Steam Deck whenever I get that. So so those are the reasons that I'm super duper excited about the, about the Steam Deck. But the blog actually opens 
with things that are less important to me, but things that I've been running into in the wild. Um, you know, it, a lot of people are talking up and, and it's, what's interesting. And I, and I have none of you guys in my, in my viewfinder here, uh, when I'm talking about this, but there's, there's a subset of, of, of all people, Nintendo switch owners that are really down on the steam deck because a it's too big to be a handheld and B it's too weak to be a console. Five years ago, we switched people were defend playing defense against those same arguments. And now, and, and now we, you know, now we have the most successful system. And so now we're using the same arguments we had to play D against five years ago on this new steam deck, right? Like it's, it's like, it's like, gatekeeper is going to gatekeep, I guess. Right. So I spent the first part of my blog dealing with that kind of stuff. And there are a lot of people who say, well, if I want to play portable, I'll play on the switch. And if I want to play gaming or uh, PC gaming, I'll play on my gaming laptop. Right. And they position the steam deck as kind of like this, this middle ground between the two, uh, but they position it as only a worst of both worlds. And, and I'm like, you know, guys, I have this great example from my personal life of how something that is this middle proposition between two extremes doesn't have to be a worst of both worlds. It can be a best of both worlds. And that's, you know, it's like, um, instead of being, to borrow a phrase from my old religious past, a Laodicea, neither hot nor cold, maybe it's a baby bear's bed between the papa bear's bed of the huge clunky interface and high price point of a gaming PC and the mama bear's bed of a decade old, a decade underpowered, you know, a hybrid video or console. Right. You know, and I, I have, I live that, ex that experience of living in this baby bear's bed situation all day, every day, because I live in a city that is the baby bear's bed between the papa bear's bed of yeah, I was gonna a say really it. big city and the mama bear's bed of a really small town, right? You know, it's I, I know that comparison because you used it when I was there. <laughs> to well, yeah, Des Moines, look, yeah, I totally yeah, I, live in a very similar scenario. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I live in an even I, smaller town, but it's very comfortable metropolitan compared to the surrounding areas. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, when I was talking to when I was talking to Trey about Des Moines, and this was I deliberately. Start, it took the beginning of the blog and present it last because I was intending to use it as a segue to Trey's, Trey's forays in Des Moines in the land of St. John, you know? Um, but, but yeah, no, I'm, I, you know, when I was talking to Trey about Des Moines, I was like, uh, you know, look, think about it. Like you're picking a car in F zero, right? You've got, you've got the car that's a and C right? The specs a and C, and you've got the car that's C and a, and then you've got the car that's B and B, right? But those are the best cars. Yeah, those are the cars well, that I use are the bees because they control. Well, better, okay. right? I mean, uh, what's yeah, okay. yeah, the bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. But no, like, like, so I mean, Captain Falcon a is, a, is a B like his, his car is a B and I, and that's actually always the best controlling car of any of the F zero games. Well, and so I said, B, I said Des Moines is the B and B of cities, you know, as opposed to the C and A of Chicago or the A and C of pick your small town, you know, and the example I used is my house, you know, like if I, if I, I could move out to the country or to some random small town and afford a house twice as expensive and then have no reason to leave it. Right. Or I could go to Chicago or LA or New York, right. And have a billion reasons to leave the house. Chief among them being that it's a shoebox because that's but all I can space, yeah. afford or live in a terrible neighborhood. Right. And then here it's a, it's a middle ground between both of those, right? Like it's, a, it's a much bigger house than I could afford in, in Chicago. Right. But it's, and also, okay. So maybe I don't have Chicago th level of things to do 
outside the house, but m- degrees are multiple times over multiple times more than what I can even keep track of are the things to do in Des Moines all day, every day. Right. You know, so it, it really meets these two priorities in the middle and for the wrong person, for the wrong person, for the guy that either needs that full sizzle of a truly big city or the full lull of a truly small town, you know, Des Moines isn't going to be for them. Des Moines is going to be a Laodicea for that person, neither hot nor cold, but for the right person, it's a baby bear's bed. It brings so much more of what's good about the big city than what's bad about it. And it brings so much more of what's good about the small town than what's bad about it. You know, So I can't see it as anything but a, a, a baby bear's bed, a Goldilocks situation. Anyway, I'm super proud of the city. And, Are you? And, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, kidding, I'm kidding. No, well, I mean, no, I, I, mean I, I guess it's... It's all right. I, 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 like, I, like, I, I like Des Moines, actually. It was a, it was a nice place to be. And I, and I told I've Jess, been there once before. I thought it was okay. I told Jess that it'd be a fun place to go to, like, as, as a vacation. Because they got good breweries there. They got, you know, they, they have a lot of cool statues and stuff downtown. And there's a lot of cool stuff to go do and, and all that. Well, we got Fong's And we got we to talk about Fong's Pizza real quick. Yeah, and, I, and Fong's Pizza was something, of course, that I, that I mentioned. Because, you know, Jess really wants to see that as well. So... Or eat well, so that magnificent pizza that we had there. So, all right. So, I'll, I'll try to. I know I don't want to run too long on Fong's, but I got I got to at least kind of give the thumbnail. So, uh, in the in the around 2007 2008, there was the first Chinese restaurant in the state, uh, which opened in like 1906, and it was it was renovated in like 1960. So the think like an interior of a 1960s Chinese restaurant, right? And they closed in 2007. Well, right around the same time, this company called Full Court Press was going to open a pizza restaurant in the court district downtown. And um, and then King Ying Lo came open. And so they're like, you know what? Let's let's not tear this place out and just turn it into a generic pizza bar. Let's lean into this. Let's lean into this old Chinese restaurant and ambiance and create fusion food. And and so now you have things like the Crab Rangoon pizza, which is amazing. It's delicious. And I mean it, it tastes good. exactly like crab goon, crab rangoon, except like in you know, like like you're eating in a pizza, like a pizza size, but it tastes just like a crab rangoon. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed it. Is that a crust? Lot. Is it a thin crust, like to make it crispy? I was just gonna ask. It's it's not like it's it's not like a pizza crust. Like I didn't feel like it tasted like a pizza crust at all. But you know you know more of that, I'm sure, John. It's pretty thin. It's yeah, it's pretty thin. I thought it was more like a um, cracker almost, like more crunchier. Like cuz I didn't I didn't feel like it didn't feel like I was eating a pizza. It felt like more like a flat So it was like a wonton crust pretty much. Well, well there's is, like no, crispy wontons on the really top. Thin. Yeah. Like a blaze yeah. pizza. You guys have blaze pizza, right? Yeah, I've had blaze pizza, yeah, but had... it doesn't taste like that. Like I've eaten that. No. Like that like that still tastes like a pizza. Like I felt like what was know, in is... the it's like a fast food kind of fast food pizza mm. place, but a little bit nicer. Like they thin crust. Like you put stuff together and they throw it into when I used to deliver, I would pick up shit from Blaze Pizza all the time. And there I've actually a place called Zaz here that was the same way. We know. actually yeah. went there. Jess and I went there when we went to C2E2 one time. Oh yeah, we went there because it was right next to the to the weird to where Weird Al was playing. And I was like, we should eat at this pizza place that I've gotten deliveries from so many times and wanted to try it. But yeah, it's like you, they put everything together, throw it through an oven and it's real quick and it's like personal pans, like real tiny ones, but like, but, but uh, skinnier, not like a pan thickness, you know, wider, well, thinner. The- well, the cool, the, the the last thing I'll say about Fong's that's really cool is just who we have as an endorsement of Fong's, right? So, so you you guys know that Alton Brown does a traveling show, and yeah. and it's just he, as, just his favorite, like uh, yeah, right. I mentioned to you while we were at Fong's is that uh, when uh, with the Umami Burger, which is like our one of our favorite burger places to go to in Chicago, they had for mm-hmm. a limited time they had the Alton Brown Burger, which just loved, and okay. she's very sad that it's never going to come back again because it was a limited time and. They never brought back to it, but it was just said it was the best burger 
that they ever had. So there you go. Yeah, well, that's kind of the idea because uh, when Alton was doing a show in Des Moines and afterwards he went to Fong's Pizza and he blogged about it. And what I'm saying is my best, it's a paraphrase, but it's my best attempt at a quote, not having the quote in front of me. And, and in this quote, it's going to sound like I'm asking you guys a question. I'm not asking you a question. This is part of the quote. So anyway, it's something like, so Fong's Pizza, he explains, blah, 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 blah. Are you guys ready for this? One of my favorite restaurants, period. Period. Oh. oh. Yeah, it's yes. in it's in the menu so that, too. I mean, well, it says well, like, something to be proud of. It says yeah. like a good eats like a favorite or something like that. It said you showed it to me like right next to the pizza. Yeah, best I ever menu. ate. I think is what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you guys, if anyone who finds themselves in Des Moines, Fong's Pizza is mandatory. It's so. good. I, I enjoyed it. The only yeah. time I was ever in Des Moines, I was uh, it was when I was still in college. So this was like probably close to twenty years ago. Or I think it was like twenty years ago. Well, and I and met so- up with my cousin I had never met before. She was like a distant cousin. And she okay. went to, was it the University of Iowa? Is that that's well? That's so University of Iowa is like two hours east of Des Moines. No, that's in, not in Iowa it. City. She went to school in in Des Moines, but it was like well, a, Drake University is in Des Moines, Grandview University is in Des Moines. But if you might be you might be thinking Iowa State University, which is in Ames, but that's only like thirty minutes north, so it, that's close enough to Des Moines that that could be possible. I mean, it was so, long enough ago, but we were technically in Des Moines, I thought. And okay, yeah, I met, we well, met up with her. We watched uh, what did we watched. Uh, what was that? Uh, Boondock Saints. There we go. That's the first time I ever okay. saw Boondock Saints. Well, I'll tell so you. I give you were... a t- an ear, like a t- yeah, ear. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, so I really don't. I mean, I, I know we want to move the conversation forward, so I don't want to harp on Des Moines too much longer. But one thing I'll say is, if you were in Des Moines twenty years ago, you weren't. You you haven't been in Des Moines. It's just changed so much. I was there. Just, well, no, yeah, yes, yeah, so <laughs> but you, not you, in you the Des Moines of in... today, I guess. <laughs> no, I yes. know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. You're, no, not, okay, you're no, not in that, the you're not in the present day Des Moines. Don't gaslight me. You, you were you were yeah. so year two thousand man. That's like twenty two years okay. ago. Okay, yeah, but look, look, Des Moines is one of the fastest. It's the it is the fastest growing metro in the Midwest and like easily top thirty in the country. It's it's you know we uh, Dallas County. It's the county to more the than the west of us. We're west of yes. It's the county where okay. So Dallas County is the west is the suburb just west of Polk County. So it's part of the metro, but it's not the main county. It's the fourth fastest growing ca- uh, county per capita in the entire country. Uh, Ankeny, Damn. a northern a northern suburb. I was um, it's like. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You were in Ankeny. Um, yeah, that was one of our Ankeny few places is, in Ankeny. Is the fourth fastest growing city over fifty thousand per capita in the country. You know, and and Ankeny is not our fastest growing suburb. It's just it's just the one that's it's it's the only one that's growing that fast. It's over fifty thousand. You know, so it's like it's like the fifth fastest growing suburb of Des Moines, and it's you know, so uh, you've got all this stuff changing. They're 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 building like two entirely new neighborhoods in downtown Des Moines right now, and one of them is. You know, it's, I mean, between the two of them, they're almost going to double the size of downtown. You know, you've got, you've got all this stuff happening, right? You've, we just had, we just had built the number one biggest skateboard park in the entire country. We have this number two biggest micro or uh, brew house in the country. We have the second biggest skywalk system in the country. You know, uh, it's just, it's just, it's everything. It's just every Is that like time an you elevated around, walking path to get around the city. Yeah, we got like four miles of skywalk connecting buildings downtown. You know, it's it's that's pretty cool. They do have the largest yeah. skywalk, even though it is the the most empty because there's there there was a, a mall that was there, but now it's all kind of, it, it looks cool. Actually, it looks like a good place to shoot a movie. But 
when we are when we are when we are walking through there, there's a lot of abandoned, abandoned like yeah. yeah, it looks post-apocalyptic. A lot of abandoned of uh, stores stuff. and stuff. Yeah. Well, they were going to tear they were going to tear that down to build like a, a high-rise uh, apartment. And actually, it was going to or high-rise like condo buildings. And it was actually going to have a cantilevered pool at the top uh, on the roof that hung, hung over the side of the building. But that's that's stalled. And frankly, I hope they won't because the the company that was behind that has really kind of dropped the ball on a bunch of projects. And so I'd rather see them not tear it, not tear down the kaleidoscope to build this thing, but just turn it into like an all year round indoor farmer's market kind of thing. Right. Cause that's another thing. We have the number two biggest farmer's market in the country behind only behind Seattle. Right. You know? So yeah, but the sky, okay. So the skywalk is, well, it's like I told Trey, it's like, you know, the part of downtown Des Moines, that's the most interesting to see from a distance is actually the least interesting to see up close. You know, because where the tall buildings are, you um, you you don't have a lot of stuff happening in that part of downtown. All the stuff is happening in the in the East Village or in the Western Gateway or in the Court District, where there's not tall buildings, right? So, like the part of Des Moines that's inter- the part of downtown that's interesting from a distance is is the part that's not that interesting up close. <laughs> I just think that's an you know that's another funny inversion. You know, dynamic mic condenser mic. <laughs> anyway, so um, but. But yeah, so Trey, Trey got to spend a week in the land of St. John. Um, that, why don't you tell? That, why don't you tell us what you did, Trey? That's that's what it says on the license plates there. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, um, uh, side note: uh, hot off the press while we're recording, um, I actually sort of want to bet here, but Mario Golf is going to be the expansion pack game of this month uh, for for April. So Mario Golf sixty four. Oh, cool. And uh, okay. I don't know if you listened a few episodes back. I'm the one who called that because the Nintendo Switch Sports will not have Mario Golf available at launch. Mm. So I said, well, it won't have golf available, not Mario Golf. But that's what was my original. won't have Mario Golf, but yeah. But that was my original prediction was that it was going to come out in April to go along with the missing golf in Nintendo Switch Sports. So I'm just saying, uh, industry inside, insider here. Uh, I got that right. So I'm saying when when there was like so many. If you want any information about what's going to happen in video games, email Trey. Yeah, email the Nintendo main. Uh, visit our Patreon. No, uh, no, no. I was Trey just, is everyone's we, uncle who works at Nintendo. When, when we when we were guessing about what the final uh, N64 games would be and what week they would get launched, I was wrong about F Zero coming out early, but I was right about Mario Golf coming out in April. So I just want to point that out. But I was wrong about Kirby. But uh, the fifteenth—it's going to be out on the fifteenth, so it's actually only nine days away. So I'm excited because I actually really like. Well, I like all the Mario Golf, but Mario Golf '64 in particular was the one. I mean, we played the shit out of that in college, and it's cool to be able to play it online as well. So I'm excited to play that again on the Switch. So because it's a good game. So so there you go. Not not to derail the the Des Moines talk, but I just was I just I just checked Twitter real quick and I was like, oh shit, oh there's Mario Golf just got announced like an hour or two ago. Nintendo Main always on the bleeding edge two days ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at the time before actually edited or whatever. But no, I mean yeah, Yeah. Mario Golf, I was right. Buy me a steak or something. Actually don't buy me a steak. I don't like steaks. But uh send me a eShop card or something. I'll buy you one of those things that they put golf balls on before they hit them. A tea? <laughs> I'll buy you some tea. <laughs> so, okay. Some wooden so, teas. So, all right. So, so Salt Bay has a steak that's covered in like gold leaf, right? So, what if we were to send you a steak covered in like eShop gift cards? Okay. Like shredded? I'll throw the so I can throw the steak away and just uh just take the eShop gift card. Sure, yeah. If that if that means more eShop money, I'm into it. But you have to promise us that you'll aim high from the trash can so there's that satisfying smack of the raw meat against the wall and then it slides down into the trash can. Yeah. So what you're saying is the that. stakes are low. 
I can tape it. <laughs> I'll tape it and put it on Twitter. No, uh, yeah. So, so I was in Des Moines for like six days, and uh, and John, uh, thank you for thank you for putting up with uh, with me and driving me around and all that. And we got to go to the Up Down, which Jeremy talked about, uh, which I you know had thought about Up Down as in with like St. Louis because that's when you went there. But mm-hmm. apparently, Up Down Up Down was originally Des Moines, right? It's an original Des Moines creation. The well, the original cool. the very first the original Up Down was Des Moines, and it was so successful in Des Moines that they spread out to other cities up down the name everyone thinks it's just you know a a reference to the konami code right you know um it's actually named after this really weird statue that used to be in merle hay mall it's like i i didn't know what it was called i called it the nude triker because it looks like it's a naked person on a small trike with huge angel wings and the reason it's called up down is you've got the face on the on the per on the this angel thing but then if you look close He's got a dick, and he's got a face at the tip of his dick, and that's down. So his face is up, and then this thing is down. Wait, he's got a face on the tip of his dick? Yes. That's kind of cool. Why why didn't you take me? That's a real odd way to interpret the Konami code, but I like it. Why why, why didn't you? Why didn't you take me to that? Uh, to that thing, or or was I too drunk to remember? I don't know. Well, that statue must be gone. No, so the statue. Okay, so uh, oh, you know what? Damn it! I had hopefully it's in a private this. collection somewhere. Well, okay, yeah. So it was in a private collection on on the east side of town. But I just remembered. I had forgotten all about this. I just remembered just now that it actually was being in, reinst, uh, reinstated to the public. It was being installed in like some exhibit in a northern suburb, the northern suburb of Johnston. And so I could have taken you to see Up Down. Well, okay, next time, gadget. Next time, next time <laughs> you're in town, I'll we'll find Up Down and we'll show it to you. Um, I'll no. also find a picture and send it to you. Uh, well, here, you know what? Uh, well, talk amongst yourselves while I go find a picture. I mean, I can imagine it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would love to see a picture. Yeah, I'm fine with just. I'm fine with I just seeing it just seeing a picture of it than ne- necessarily going <laughs> there. But no, I, think I, about like what's that anime where there's a lot of like hands with faces in anime. Vampire Hunter D. Hamburger Helper. Yeah. Yeah, I watched Vampire Hunter yeah, D, and I didn't, I didn't see replace my hand with a penis. I've got the idea. There, there was a whole lot of cards getting thrown away, thrown around, but I don't remember the face on hands. But maybe that was a different one. Or no, no, that was a Vampire Hunter. That was Helsing. Never mind. Completely different, <laughs> different vampire anime thing. But uh, whatever. Uh, no, uh, th- I thought that it was called Up Down because there were two floors. Like when you come in, you can either go up or down on the stairs. So that's that's what I that's what I got wow. from it. The one that we the one that we went to. Was because uh, you come in the door and then you go up or you go down. There's two. I prefer the statue. So that's that's story. what I that's what I thought of. I, I would mean, say I, statue. Then I would say <laughs> Konami code. Then I would say whatever the fuck trade is. Like, well, I mean, it was the first. If that was the first uh, one in Des Moines <laughs> and there were two floors and you could either stay up or go down, then that kind of makes sense as the name to me. I guess you're I either know. in or you're out. You're either in, you're in or you're out. You can't just stay. Also, uh, speaking of up down, I found it very weird that they didn't card anybody on the way in, or they didn't card me. I guess. Which I'm just not used to that, but they're just like coming. That's in. surprising. I'm like, is that because well, I'm because with, we look like old? It's because we look like old men now. It's like because I'm with Saint John and he owns that and he owns the town. And they're like, oh, you're with him. It's fine. Go ahead. Your drinks are on us. I don't. <laughs> I think I that's don't. the narrative we should just stick to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at this angel picture and it is intense. The wings are like super extended out backward. The guy is leaning forward on the tricycle, and yes, the dick is hanging down. There's a little face on it. I mean, is yes. it? The stuff of dreams or the stuff of nightmares? Well, you know, as okay, here, well, okay, so 
I sent the I sent the link to the Google search in the chat, so you guys will be presented with like just tons of pictures. Of yeah, none things. of these have really good shots of. I don't see the the penis. Face it's like let me there. Google it for you or whatever. Yeah, no, I see it now. I see a lot of the regular face, but not but not the dick yep. face. Oh yeah, I want to see the dick face. That's very important. Yeah, I mean, it, all of it's seen. Uh, the 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 bike is in the front of everything, so I'm not actually seeing the wiener here. Um, so I'm also going to send you uh, uh, this link here. There's a t there's a t shirt maker in in town called Raygun that does really kind of quirky. Now I definitely want to see stuff. the dick. Well, so um, <laughs> now that you see the up, you want the down. I changed my mind. I want I want to see the dick. <laughs> yeah, because we, we keep seeing so, all these other pictures that aren't like the actual, that aren't like the real. You know, we need the we need the fun spot here. Okay, well, I see that T-shirt. Yeah, I have that T-shirt. I I think that's I think that's great. I love the up down reference on that T-shirt. But yeah, so so there you go, there you go. It's you know you you went to this arcade in St. Louis. That T-shirt still doesn't have the dick. Oh, yeah. it just still that's doesn't the have the dick on it though. Like where's uh, yeah, the, where's the dick face? Like, where is the dick? <laughs> Maybe I'll just have to draw one. I mean, on. you're I like you're taking you're taking us down this like uh th this tunnel that, that has no light at the end. Like you keep promising this dick face, and we still have not seen I it. I you get to the you, tip of the uh, dick, and it's just some ass, and you're like, God damn. <laughs> See, I'm gonna Google search now for up down Des Moines dick face, but I'm afraid, <laughs> what, I'm afraid of what I'm gonna get in the search. Forever cursed suit search. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. I'm not gonna do that because this is my regular <laughs> computer, and I don't want to start go. like getting pop ups. No pop. Ooh, wow, that's an unintended <laughs> terrible joke. It's listening to you. Yeah, you guys are just gonna have to do that google you'll just have to figure out this statue on your own which uh yeah all of these angles do not show the down so i consider that very very upsetting that no one could actually capture the fun part of this uh of this statue here. <laughs> it's got a very okay, uh, emails who, who pictures did, uh, of the, the dick face too train. who did the thinker is that rodan <laughs> yeah so any, all right so anyone it's anyone, got anyone? a bit of a rodan feel to it it's like a brass sculpture it yeah, kind of has yeah. like I could see the thinker and this kind of coexisting in the same exhibit. Yeah, well, and this, yeah, and it, yeah, right. Um, so, all right. So, anyone, anyone that's listening to this from Des Moines, send Trey your dick pics. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that, please. I mean, maybe I'll cut okay. that part. So. If you guys want his like personal phone number, just text me. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Okay. okay, no, okay. To, enough to, about by, all right, enough about that. Dick pics from up down. So anyway, we went to the fucking bar called Up Down and we were the only people wearing masks there, which is very unfortunate. But I kept That's them, the way it was in Up Down I was. I, I kept it out I kept them on for the most part, but I took mine off on DDR, I had to. Well, the un number one unfortunate thing, there was no DDR there, uh, so we didn't we didn't have that experience. I was wondering if there would be one, like Jeremy said. And also, what Jeremy said about a lot of the arcades not working, there was a good amount of them that didn't work that that I was a uh, th that I was unable to play because they just didn't work and they didn't tape up the uh, the quarter. See, ever since the they split off with le left right, they don't have the maintenance. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, uh, the, the first game I tried to play was uh, the RoboCop arcade game. That didn't work. Um, I remember trying oh, to play the awesome. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball game, and I couldn't play it because one of the balls was missing. And you could actually see the ball; it had actually gone on top of where the spring thing is that you pull, you know. And uh, and it said "ball lost, can't play." But I was uh, there was twenty two credits on there, so there were twenty one at least people af before me who were tricked by this ball loss thing on there. So, so it was actually yeah. like you bought tokens, like you were, yeah, 
Maybe there were deals like you could buy them at the bar and get like a deal on them. I, I ended up buying. I bought ten dollars. I bought ten dollars worth of tokens at the bar, and I, I, spent, and I, I ended up giving tokens total. I ended up giving some of them to John at the end of the night because I didn't use all of them. But uh, but yeah, I was like, I didn't want to get cash out and try to deal with like because they did have token machines and all that that took cash. But I don't mm. want. I didn't want to deal with that. So I just well, no, started smart, a tab and just put it on there. Go back there with those tokens. Yeah, I gave them away because I'm like, here, you use them. But but yeah, we played. Uh, when we finally found ones that worked. Um, Oh, and yeah, and like uh, I tried to try to play a Mortal Kombat game that didn't work. Also, but we did eventually. We did find ones that worked, and we played through. We played through all of the X Men arcade game, which is great because that's a lot of. I like that game; it's a lot of fun. Um, what did we play? We played like uh, Hydro Thunder, which is cool. Like I, I like that game, the water racing game. Yeah, and it, well, so one thing that we haven't mentioned is it wasn't just the two of us for Uptown. We had a, a longtime friend of mine named Eric Purcell uh, with us, and I know Eric is listening to this. So hi Eric. Um so yeah, hi Eric. Everyone say hi Eric. Hi Eric. Uh yeah, hi, Eric. So, sorry but, for the dick talk. <laughs> That's why he's here. I'm sure he was I'm sure he sure was laughing his ass off the entire time. But <laughs> he's a super cool guy. Eric is a super, super cool, super laid back guy. One of the most laid back guys I know. He's he's everyone's friend immediately and, and anyone can hang out with him, no problem. You you Trey, you and Eric hit it off like gangbusters. Yeah, he was as long as he wasn't completely annoyed by my drunk ass, then that's uh, that's good. Because I just well, um, I mean, John was driving us around, so I just like pedal to the metal. I was like, let's just hit, let's just hit these shots and have fun. So uh, I was pretty <laughs> wasted by the end of the night, but you know, that's how I, that's how I roll. I would say you stopped just shy of being annoying. You were you were tangibly <laughs> drunk, but it, you were tangibly drunk, but you were still endearingly drunk. You we're, were not we're, annoyingly we're good. drunk. I'm, I'm glad that I didn't get yeah. to the point of annoyance. You got to get both of us around at the same time that I'm the annoying guy. I was to say well, we're, both, we're both together, then we could probably hit annoying level. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just well, I, you, oh, I know I know from editing my own podcast that when I drink too much, I tend to say the same thing like over and over again, and that's incredibly annoying to me from editing it. And I don't want it. I was like, oh god, that I just keep repeating the same thing because that seems to be what I do when I'm drunk. No, but you do seem to have forgotten when we went to the the Woman of Achievement Bridge, the, the lit up arc bridge, and that was right <laughs> I, I, over the little dam. I did completely and, forget about it until the until I found. Uh, uh, footage on my phone of it you know where i was like oh okay there it is you blanked yeah, out and- about visiting a dam <laughs> well we went well we, yeah 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 john uh john well i remembered going there but i didn't remember uh videotaping or taking pictures of anything okay because i remember when mm-hmm. i was talking to jess i said that i didn't take any pictures of anything and i was like oh well that's great because i might have dropped my phone but then i looked at my phone i was like oh no i did here's all these pictures of it that i took you're like video. dangling off the edge yeah. well and then and then the river was so the river was so placid that night that it looked it, like a mirror and that's and that, that's what I took pictures the, of yeah was the was the reflective mirror which I thought was really cool or the reflective well and me being me being such a game geek that I was I looked at that river and I'm like oh my god it's ray tracing <laughs> the was it a clear great. sky like where you see in the stars and the moon and stuff uh it was pretty yeah I think so yeah it was I don't remember I don't remember looking up the sky but but yeah well, was, you would have looked you would have seen the sky in the river I know right yeah right but it's just like it, it, what a dorky thing to think. You know, you look at the, you look at this this beautiful marriage of nature and and architecture, and then you just say fucking ray tracing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, what? A kind I of mean, that's similarly a marriage <laughs> of physics and in uh, code, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because you're literally yeah. just like mimicking the. Isn't that what ray tracing is mimicking? Like how light rays would move. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would think. I mean, that's what. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what ray tracing it's one of the is, most but that makes sense because self-explanatory that, terms. It's in. in like, it's in the graphics. name, right? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, we we played a bunch of stuff there. Um, we we played. We you did play. Beat uh, X Men, didn't you? Yeah, that's what yeah. I said earlier. That we beat. We oh, beat the X Men arcade. Did you? Did, 
Trey, did you post that picture of you, me, and Purcell? No, because you posted it already. Because you posted it on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. You already, I saw you, the picture. You already of, posted it, so I didn't post it. I saw your beat of the week, and uh, I could see John. John, I could see your reflection in the screen. It was kind of cool because you were like also oh. filming the credits. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was like, "There's Trey and John. They met each other, and now they just beat a game together. That's so cool. It was very heartwarming." I'll send you guys the picture, but the third guy in the picture is Eric. And I got it. One last thing I'll say about Eric. I have to embarrass him. He's, he's groaning right now. Listening to this. He's listening to the playback. He's groaning because he knows where this is going, but I met him when I was 10 years old. And this is one of those situations where a completely innocent story can sound so, so dirty just by the way you choose to headline it. The first time I met Eric Purcell, I woke up handcuffed to a bed. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. You, yeah. You told me about that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. It's beca- so. It was because of a. It was because of a um, sleepover gone wrong, right, or something. You were like the first one to sleep, but instead, <laughs> well, see now you you instead of getting a bra, a bra in the freezer, you got a handcuffed to the bed. A bit of a hazing, well, kind of. Yeah, I guess it was kind of like a, a hazing, you know. But um, so we just moved from the inner city to the back to the north side, and uh, my brother had a, my younger brother Jesse had a friend named Matt. And Matt wanted Jesse to spend the night. And my parents said, well, not unless you take your big brother with you, kind of play chaperone. And so Jesse and Matt were both super pissed off that I was there. And I just wanted to kind of stay out of everything. And then there's this guy named Eric who, in his typical laid back manner, is like, oh, whatever, you know. And so, yeah, I I fall asleep on this bed while they're playing Nintendo. And the next thing you know, I wake up to Beavis and Butthead kind of (laughs) over me. And I'm literally handcuffed to the headboard. That's it. Nothing happened. I mean, you know, like nothing bad happened. You know, they just they they, they stood over me and laughed like Beavis and Butthead for a little while, and then unhandcuffed me, and that was it. No but, one has found that film footage to this day. Yeah, right. But but Eric, I, Eric turns beet red whenever I tell people I woke up handcuffed to a bed when I met him. So that's for you. That's for you, Eric. Well, I mean, he did it to himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, um, uh, before we, I mean, before we get into like all of our uh, 32x and Sega CD fun and all that, we should probably, uh, we should probably take a break before we, before we get to that. But yeah, well, I guess is there anything else you want to say about Up Down? I just remember we beat X Men, we played Hydro Thunder, we played Off Road Thunder, which I didn't know existed, but came out the same year as Hydro Thunder by the same company, so that's kind of cool. Uh, there were two arc. There were two arcade games that were next to each other and gave you the wanted to give you the idea that you could actually play against each other, but you couldn't. They were just two <laughs> separate arcade games that were just strategically placed next to each other. So that was kind of a letdown, but still fun to play. Uh, I remember at the end of the night, like when I closed my tab out and we went upstairs, I just remember uh, getting destroyed in Street Fighter Alpha 3 by both of you. And that was kind of an embarrassing to me but i was kind of drunk also and i remember i got destroyed on that i tried to play mortal Kombat, which was right next to that but there was no it, w- it wasn't taking coins also i think i won a couple rounds of uh killer care. of killer instinct that was behind there and then we played uh this the uh simpsons arcade game and then they did the flash the last call lights and all that so we were there until they closed so it was all kind, we, of, a, we, kind of a blur yeah we left it we left about 20 minutes before closing time and then and then uh drove around town for about another half hour by the time i got home it was after three in the morning and my wife had accidentally locked me out. So I had to wake her up. <laughs> I had to wake so her she up wasn't to worried about house. you at least if she was sleeping. Yeah, no, she wasn't worried about it. Like, well, well John, John's not here. Late. So I'm, I'm just going to lock the door. You know, she's like, yeah, I finally got him out of here. <laughs> well, uh, so, so I got, cause I remember getting home around like three o'clock 
and I did make my my uh, you know my Trey patented a uh, drunk tweet, which I do almost every time I get drunk, and I basically tweeted that um, Kirby games have always and forever be under, been underrated because I was having a great time playing Kirby, and I tweeted that at approximately two thirty nine a.m. of of that of that day, so that was when I got back. So there you go. Cool. That's beautiful. Is it still Central Time Zone there? Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's still the same thing. But uh but let's let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about uh Sega Tower of Power and all that. Hey, you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! Nintendo main expansion pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. Whoa. 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 He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. Ah! Ah, patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Game over. So we're back from the break, and uh, I want to talk about. So probably one of the one of my favorite nights, uh, aside from like you know we did the up down thing and all that. Uh, cheers. Uh, we we did we did we did the we did the up down. Jeremy's got his Nintendo main thing. Uh, there we, it is. We 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 did we did the up down thing, which was fun. But also one of the nights I got to go see uh, St. John's uh, house. 
So I went to see the recording area. So where you're sitting right now, I got to see where all the magic happens with Nerd Noise Radio. You saw the St. John domain? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, what I what I thought was really cool for me is I got to play these uh, coveted Sega systems, which I never really had that much of a chance to play. Like even like Sega CD, like I mentioned it to you, Sega CD was important to me growing up because of the comic book store that I went to when I was in high school. Uh, the owner had uh, the Spider-Man versus Kingpin game and i remember we watched uh, the venom part and we would actually my friends and i we would full-on quote dialogue from the cutscenes uh, with the venom where he's like what are you doing to me because it was like so like badly <laughs> hilariously <laughs> recorded and all that and we would totally like actually i think it was what what is happening to me but yeah it was uh we would quote it to each other because we saw it and we thought it was hilarious but we always thought it was really cool to see a spider-man game with all of this extra you know uh, sparkle and pizzazz Cut-scenes. or whatever to it but I don't think I ever actually played a Sega CD. I think I just watched the comic book owner, uh, the comic book store owner, play the system because we used to just hang out there and talk about comics and stuff. So, uh, mm. so that was like I never really played a Sega CD, and that was always like my holy grail game. One of them was like playing the Spider-Man versus Kingpin and all that. And not to mention, uh, you know, the 32X was kind of like a running joke with Jeremy and I when we were trying to hunt down a GameCube. You know, just because uh, 32X was kind of thought of like sort of as like a system that didn't really go that well for Sega. So we were kind of like, well, since we can't find this other system, maybe they have these other like you know games ones that aren't that popular, like 32X or something like that. So we started after we went to so many stores looking for GameCubes and they didn't have GameCube. We started asking for the 32Xs also because we thought that was funny. And that became a running joke, even to the point of where Jeremy bought me a, a, the Doom, the 32X Doom, because I'm a huge Doom fan and all that. Yeah, but uh, at Portland Retro Gaming X. But I finally got to play a 32X. Like, I don't know if I've even played one before. I, I mean, I think I saw them on display at uh, Midwest Gaming Classic, but I don't think I ever actually really played one. So. It was cool. Like I got, yeah, we played a bunch of games. Like we played, uh, we played Doom, uh, we played Doom and 32X. Like that was cool. John, I mean, you gave me the breakdown on all of it about like how the, which sprites they were using and like the, and, and like the, um, how the music was less, but the sound effects were the same and all that. Like you definitely threw down on all the specifics of the 32X Doom. And that was pretty cool. Like to know. Is it mm-hmm. more like PC, like uh, accurate or whatever? Is that what no. it comes down to? No. Well, I mean, okay. what would you, it's a, it's like a little, it's cl- closer compared to like Super Nintendo or something like that. Right. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a step up over the Super Nintendo one, but it's a far cry from the PC one. But it's also like um, the screen is like kind of taken in a little bit. So it doesn't like, uh, take up the entirety of the tv you know they kind of Winterbox. it's what it's what you would do on pc when you know when it wouldn't run as well so you'd kind of make mm. the screen smaller like i remember doing Change that the resolution i remember doing mm. that for dark forces like the dark forces game the star wars one i would make it where the screen was smaller so it'd run faster or you could do the same thing with like wolfenstein and, and doom and stuff like that mm. and uh mm. yeah it's it's like a little bit smaller you can't make the screen bigger uh and also um what I thought was an unfortunate thing was uh, was that you there's just a strafe button where one advantage, even though the Super Nintendo one doesn't look as good, Super Nintendo has strafe left and strafe right on the L and R buttons, mm-hmm. and are, there are no L and R buttons on the Genesis controller, so you can't really do like the strafe circle thing that you would do like for a first person shooter like that. You can only hold the strafe button and just go left and right. You can't go left and right and turn at the same time. So that's right. a so that was a disadvantage for me. But I remember you also said that the sprites. The sprites don't turn. You never see them from the back. It's always the front of the imps. Yeah, you don't see them from the back, and you don't see them from the side. Yeah. And also, wasn't there? um, You said that some of the textures were different. Like you don't see the the planets and the maps and stuff on the walls. Like when you go into different rooms. 
yeah well because because the original version of doom the didn't have as much eye candy it was more plain textures and then they added upgraded textures later and even though even though the overall graphic fidelity is lower on the super nintendo version it uses the upgraded texture pack so you have like the planets and stuff whereas on the 32x version everything's higher resolution and better frame rates and stuff but um it's the planar textures so you walk into that iconic room in the first level where there's the drop down with all the planets everywhere and it's just plain gray basically so so yeah that's disappointing it's kind of like uh what like different advantages and different things it's like well you know the super nintendo one doesn't look as good but it has like this texture palette or whatever versus the other one Mm. But regardless, mm-hmm. it was really fun. It was fun to finally play Doom on 32X. Like, I have the game sitting in the box, mm-hmm. like, right up here on my shelves. And, and uh, yeah, John was like, hey, hey, I got the, I got the 32X Doom. You want to play it? And I was like, yeah, of course. Since 2017. I think that was the first, uh, yeah, that was the first one I, or first time I've ever played it. So, and that was my first 32X game that I played also. So, it was fun. Well, to it's do funny. That. The, thir- the 32X version of Doom was the first version of Doom I ever played. I got it for my 15th birthday. And, and so that was my Ooh. first exposure to Doom. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you had some background. So do you have the same well. 32X? I have the same 32X. And I have the That's same Sega cool, CD yeah. that we got in like 1993 and it still works. So you have wow. all the like the hookups for the 32X, like all the weird special I mean, just, yes, and, you have to have. And... Yeah, and 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 I it's it took me forever to get that thing set up because there was one of the cables, like this my hardware is okay, but one of the cables is starting to go bad because like all the red was missing. And I had to just dick with that for like 20 minutes while Trey was doing something work related and before we finally got it working and looking good. It's just one of the things I think it's crazy think to I think need- like how much trouble you're putting into it just to have fun in that moment, but like how historically this is gonna become less and less often people are actually hooking this shit up and making it work. Like, right you right. don't you don't the, know it but you might have been one of the last times like someone played doom on 32x because oh i'm sure other people are still playing it at least i, I hope so yeah. i mean it's a i mean it's a pretty good version like i was you know i had a good time with it i played That's through like saying. three levels or something like that it's yeah. in the dozens of people that are playing it on original hardware at no. any given moment hopefully that's not hopefully that number is not diminishing because i think it's fun i think it's more fun to play it on the original hardware than what it is but i'm um, on ebay right now i'm wondering how much a, a 32x costs these days it looks like it's around 80 dollars. i would th- i would guess with everything i would guess like cr- close to 100 you know does it have everything with it like make sure it's complete yeah i see one of them that 90 dollars for one with the ac adapter yep some of the harness and everything because it needs to have doesn't oh, it there's a little harness right yeah doesn't yeah, it need to have like these metal it. it needs to have like these metal connectors mm. also right for like how you Sh- uh, shielding yeah because yeah, i because i bought i bought one for jeremy like just used at a comic place and it didn't work because it, well, it was just, i wish i still had it it was just the part but it didn't have the plug and it didn't have the metal connectors and all that i kind of just bought it as a joke going back mm-hmm. to our gamecube joke and all that you know well that's why i bought him the doom the doom 32x yeah yeah eventually that was just my playing like, off the running joke yeah. 12 years later <laughs> yeah. here's my response yeah playing off the 32x joke but uh uh-huh. no uh, the first thing that uh that john tried on it was a game that i got at jay's jay's is a really cool store actually in des moines that i had a blast going to it's a jay's is like a used video game uh video game comic book a toy store like cds as well like they have it, it's almost kind of like a um, disc replay like that tor- sort of thing but lots of really cool oh, I stuff love that place. They, well but but i think the disc replay doesn't have like the amount of like comics and toys and stuff that they had there. they mm-hmm. had a large selection of they toys. don't have comics at all at disc replay yeah, but they don't have toys Ner- either, uh, right? yeah they have JCD toys Hop- but it's like very very limited it's like one little tiny glass case 
Because I was impressed yeah. with Jake- the amount of toys. Well, they also have like a lot of like statues, like mm-hmm. Marvel statues and stuff like that. Like they, they have like you know expensive stuff. I actually ended they definitely up- have Funko Pops. Like there's a wall where they've got. <laughs> well, those were Jays also. I completely walked <laughs> past those because I don't give a shit about Funko Pops. But th- but they did have a really good selection of like retro toys and stuff like that. I did actually buy. I bought Jess a Star Wars Voyager uh, toy, uh, a Kess toy, because that was like the coolest uh, Voyager toy I could find. So I, I did buy a toy there, but but while we were while we were testing um, the 32Xs, uh, we were trying to play this game, which John Wedgeworth actually um, re- actually recommended to me, and I went for it because I told him that I was looking to expand my Sega Genesis collection, you know, and I want to play games that I haven't heard of, and I told him I, I want to play games I haven't heard of and games that aren't available on collections and stuff like that is kind of what I'm looking for, like the more obscure, cool uh, Genesis stuff, and uh, you were me- recommended this game called the uh, Shadow Dancer. It's a Shadow Dancer: The Secret of Shinobi, and it's ba- it's basically Ooh, a Shinobi spinoff. It, it's it's no no no. As John was saying, it's basically like the sequel to the original Master System Shinobi game, right? Which which Ooh, I just really? bought, which I just bought for the Switch last night because it's on sale. Because there's a huge Sega Is sale going on right sequel? now through everything. So well, so so I'll say something about that real quick. So Shinobi or Revenge of Shinobi, as it's known in America, uh, the Super Shinobi, as it's known in Japan. That is really more the spinoff to Shinobi. You know, think the old arcade mm. Shinobi. You've got the the lower tier and the upper tier. You've got the one hit kills, and you got to rescue the the captives and all that stuff, right? Well, Shadow Dancer is that in a in with better graphics and um, a, a dog companion and uh, bigger, better enemies and new locations. So it really it's it really is a proper sequel to to the original Shinobi, whereas. Revenge of Shinobi and so-called Shinobi Three is much or as different. It was called yeah. in Japan Super Shinobi Two. Those are really the spin-off where you have the the, oh. the more open. Yeah, this is more iterative than the other ones. Like it takes the original formula and makes it better rather than trying to reinvent. Yeah. No, it, it's a lot of fun, and and the dog companion is really cool. Like that was I had a lot of fun. So is that, that like an AI kinda, thing, or is do you control? You, the you control. Well, you, you like hold. What is it? You hold one of the buttons to get the dog to go out and sick the bad guy, and then you come up and kill him while the dog is like, is is a uh, you know like um uh what do you call him like like knocking him out or just uh you know it's like a familiar stu- stu- stunning them. It's like stunning the character so you can go up and fight them. And, all, and of course, it reminded me of Final Fantasy VI and the ninja and all that stuff, like with the, with the dog companion. Oh, and all that, uh, but, Shadow and uh, yeah. what's the dog's name? Yeah, but no, it, it's mm-hmm. cool. It's a good game. I, I you know, I, I got to play it. Well, the, you, John, you showed me your copy and also, you know, we took this one home to your system and tested it out to make sure it works and all that. And I got it for I got it for 18 bucks. Like, I thought that was a good enough deal, even though I hadn't played it before, but I trusted your recommendation because I know you're a big, uh, big Sega fan and all that. And it was cool because, like I said, I'm all, I'm looking to find new Genesis games. It's that also I've never a souvenir. Played, so got it. Got so got a Genesis game there, and it was mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot of fun to play. And it even inspired me to buy the uh, Shinobi Arcade Sega Ages game, which is actually on sale for like four dollars or something right now. Because there's a big Sega sale going on through all Nintendo systems, 3DS and Wii U as well, because they're trying to like. You know, this is going to happen one after another, where they're trying they're to get all like the fire sales, trying yeah. to get all their shit sold off on Wii U and 3DS because mm-hmm. yeah, the eShop is going to get shut down soon. So, 
But I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, I'll buy Shinobi, the Shinobi arcade game. Actually, I got it for free because I had gold points, so I didn't even pay for it. I was just like, oh, yeah, no, I can just throw my gold points in there and get it for free. Well, there you go. But no, that was – and that was when we turned it on, it was like all blue, and you couldn't – and that's where you had to kind of mess with it for a while. But no, it was, it was a lot of fun. We got to play all this stuff that I never played before. I think one of my favorite things that we did, and this was absolutely hilarious, is uh, we were playing Mortal Kombat 2 on 32X, and I had yes. never seen this before. But it had some sort of like random speech thing going on where like all of the speech was all like inner, would just like kind of like shuffle through. So, like where the game would normally say like round one fight, it would say like katana, jacks, what you know, whatever, instead of like, <laughs> instead of like fight and round one. And it was hilarious. Like, so where, it was like it was like shifted or whatever. Like, it sounded like it was kind of like shuffled, like it shuffled through the different uh, like audio samples or something. Cause, cause like, you know, when the guy pops out and says toast. Like instead of toasty, it'd be like right. Jacks, you know. Like it would just like it would just put random <laughs> stuff. My favorite in frozen there. pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's so so. The only way I can think to describe it is you you have you. This is a known thing with like floppy disk games or CD or like CD-ROM games where the where you can get like corruption and so it'll, things will start behaving weirdly. I've never ever heard of that happening with a cartridge before, but that's kind of how it was behaving because every other part of the game was behaving perfectly, right? You know, the game was was playing perfectly, loading perfectly, all this stuff but the voice clips that were so the i don't want to get deep into the tech but the 32x primarily relies on the base sega genesis sound system but it does add a couple pcm channels for like enhanced music samples or enhanced voice samples and that kind of stuff right and so so the music and most of the sound effects on the 32x version of mortal Kombat are just sega genesis but then there are a couple sound effects and voice clips that are 32x and then all of the all of the round one fight you know we're that's all 32x right so it's like the 32x voice clips were just going bonkers and it's like this really feels <laughs> this really feels like a data corruption like the cartridge is actually going bad that's that was really weird i hope not. so it was I mean, I, well i yeah it, it yeah we were i hoping. hope it's just a glitch maybe it's something that was like no one's gonna buy this 32x is already a sinking ship we don't do uh bug testing yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it it ended up with just kind of just a really funny thing mm-hmm. for us because we when we first picked characters, like it's the very remix. like the very first match, uh, John picks Scorpion and it says Katana and says Scorpion, and we're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why did that say Katana? That's not Katana. <laughs> but then it kind of just got worse and worse. Crazy? But it, then it started getting worse from there, and it just kept getting funnier and funnier. Like where it's like where it's like you know round one Liu Kang or whatever you know like it's not you know it's just. Yeah, it was just funny. But no, it was a lot of fun to play. And uh, the problem for me is, once again, uh, I'm used to the to the uh, block buttons being on the, being on the top of the Super Nintendo controller. And this one is like, what, the block is like in the middle, and it's also the start button, and it just wasn't... It was kind of hard for me to do the, the fatalities as I normally did. I was able to get Baraka's one fatality. At least I did one fatality. I did Baraka's like head chop off one. Mm-hmm. Which I'm proud mm-hmm. of that, but yeah, and it was I kind of found it difficult to play. But but speak but speaking of that, uh, you know, John Wedgworth uh, gifted me a six button Genesis controller, so that was pretty awesome. Nice. Whoa, cool! Thank you for yeah. that. Thank you for the gift. Uh, you you had a you said you had a few of them, so you gave me one. So now I can because I was mentioning about how difficult it was for me to play uh, Street Fighter Two on Genesis. So now I have a six button one. Damn, so I don't, so that I was the preferred That's controller. Awesome, so I don't so I don't have to press start to uh, switch between buttons. So I haven't tried it out yet on my Genesis, but I it's thought, very sleek. But I thought okay, it was really I cool like to have it. Like I I have one. Well, the one that I have is the um, 
the USB one that came with the Mega Drive Mini that I got in Japan. But that obviously doesn't work on Sega Genesis or Genesis or however you would say that. But it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool to have that. And I was like, yeah, so thanks. Yeah, no, I'm excited to, to try that out at some point. Plus, I have yeah. I have Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 as well for Genesis, so I can use it on those games also. Cool. Well, it's my pleasure to it's my pleasure to help. And now that I've done that, I have um, remaining. I have two first party three button controllers, two first party six button controllers, and then a third party of each. And actually, of course, the six button controller is technically the better one because you have the extra buttons and the extra functionality. But I've always preferred the look and the feel and that that delightful, wonderful yep. heft of the three button controller. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of these six, one of the, my third party six button controller is a six button controller with six turbo, you know, sliders and stuff, but it's the same size and shape as a three button controller. So Ooh, that's perfect. But I need, yeah. So, well, I've never used it. I just have it, you know? And so now I need to fire it up and make sure it works. And if it does, it's probably going to be my main controller moving forward. What's that? Uh, yeah. Saturn controller it kind of seemed like a perfect Sega controller. The one with the, well, the Saturn the circular was, one, <clears throat> the one oh, that came the out with lights, kind of yeah. like Dreamcast one, like that sort had of, the like first, like they had the analog stick on it. Yeah, it was kind of a proto nice. Dreamcast controller. Right, that controller is sick. That's the one I would like to have. Yeah, it's good, and I think it was also six button. We we didn't get to it, but uh, we didn't get to playing it. But you also have a working saturn as well right john wedgeworth does Ooh, nice yes yeah so i mean it's it, do you have have you gotten uh have you gotten like burn games to run on it i haven't tried you um, can do it well it's on the not uh, hard we we could segue that because on the sega cd we did actually use uh burn games for sega way right when we were playing because uh, <laughs> uh, wasn't a uh, spider well done, spider-man john. versus kingpin yeah. and uh and final fight cd which is something i never knew existed until this trip to des moines so that was a really cool discovery like i didn't even know that there was a final fight cd like sega cd game and if you ever wanted to know what mike hagar's voice sounded like or if you wanted to know what that original first (laughs) boss from the mad gear gang sounded like you can hear it in the opening cutscene, and it's pretty amazing and the soundtrack is awesome it's definitely the best soundtrack of any of them because it has the cd quality audio and all that but yeah, no, oh, I, did, yeah. I, I didn't know it existed until like that night. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like the, you know, the big sprites look really good. It looks like very much like the arcade version and all that. And yeah, and it has all this extra, all this extra animated story for Final Fight 1 that I had never seen before. And you have Cody and Guy playable with Mike Hagar and all that stuff. And yeah, it was cool. Like I, I it was one of those like fun surprises mm-hmm. that I just didn't even know existed. And I'm already, you know, I'm a fan of uh, Final Fight and, and beat em ups and all that stuff. And it was a really cool thing to play. And unfortunately we had limited continues because, you know, at the time, especially with Genesis, I feel like a lot of the games have limited continues. So we couldn't beat the game, mm-hmm. but we got to the, to the Bay area, which is normally where I die anyway, because there's the part where you, where I was mentioning where you go through the bathroom and it, and it goes from night to day and you have to fight Abigail. And through all of that, I always have a hard time getting through it. Cause it's difficult unless you have unlimited continues or whatever, but that's one really long session on the pooper to go from night to day. I, I like the way I like the way they did it though, because at the time they couldn't really show like a progression of time. But because you have because they send you through the like public bathroom, that's how they give you a minute to transition from like night it's to like day the, and how you it's come like out the and the sun is Metro, like Super Metroid, yeah, yeah, or, or kind of mm-hmm. like the yeah, like it, it has you go through a thing and then you come on the other end. I think they I thought that was a cool way to more do elegantly it. in Super Metroid. Oh sure, then. Uh, <laughs> well, in Super Metroid, in Super Fight, Metroid, you don't, don't have know. to use a bathroom. You don't have to use a public bathroom in Super Metroid. <laughs> no, yeah, but, she's got the like Dune suit or whatever. I know, but you're on. Uh-huh. But you're like, but you know, you're by the ocean. You're on the dock there. You're fighting. The, you're beating the shit out of people. Like, 
of course there's <laughs> going to be a public restroom there and they needed a way for you to go somewhere where you wouldn't see the sky for a minute and then when you come out it's like the sun is rising and all that and I, I just thought, I always mm-hmm. thought that was a really cool way to do it with the technology that they had at the time so so real quick the uh, the Spider-Man game was a burnt disc someone gave me a bunch of burnt CDs uh, in 2003 but the final fight disc was a was a an actual disc. Oh, okay. I, I thought they both were, but yeah, no. Regardless, they both they both played well. Even though you were saying that the Spider-Man disc like took a second to load the the music, like while we were trying to play it, so it was a little bit less. Yeah, that was awkward because there would be like five seconds of silence, five or five or more seconds of silence before the music would start, and I was I was worried that maybe my drive was beginning to fail. But I think it's just, you know, with burnt discs, they they corrupt a little bit easier. And so I think we might be in the very early stages of that with the Spider-Man disc. But because once we put Final Fight in, it loaded like a dream. Everything was just right where it was supposed to be, right when it was supposed to be. Can you rip that disc still and then just reburn it? Well, possibly. Okay, so my thing is I'm not enough of a stickler to where I would refuse a burnt disc if someone gave it to me. But I I don't know that I want to go out of my way and burn a bunch of discs. You know what I mean? No, you just burn a burn a copy of that one and then destroy that one just try to make a better copy for, your, for yourself to play and all yeah that. Well, and then because... it doesn't perpetuate it at all it's still the same and thing. you were telling me there was a, it didn't like some of your stuff got got stolen and that was why you had a burn disc of it and all that well so in 2003 uh we got burglarized and it was an inside job we we were 99 sure we know who did it we can't prove it you know we've cut off ties with this person but and it was the reason we know it was a targeted thing is because they didn't take anything but video games. You know, they took most of our 3DO games. They took most of our TurboGrafx-16 games. They took uh, they took our Xbox, but not our Xbox controllers. They took our PS2 controllers, but not our PS2 and stuff like that. You know, just it was directed took some of the to fine, like the, what they needed or what they wanted or whatever, right? It, it yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a shopping list, you know. But they, yeah, it was an overnight thing. We were there. We were asleep in the other room. When oh, this happens, oh my you God. know, so that's like, like, what if we had woke up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? You know, was that's... this before you had, were there were kids in the picture? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Chloe, that's Chloe good, wasn't. At least. Yeah, I mean this this yeah, is like Chloe a... wasn't born till that, It would be so much more of a chilling story if there was a kid in the house. You know? well, I mean, this mm-hmm. is like the I was gonna say this is like the less uh, less disturbing version of what I was working on in Des Moines. Like we, the whole show was based around people who are asleep while people are married murdered in the house. So. This is like sleeping while burglary instead of sleeping with death, like like what I was working on while I was there. So right, I yeah. mean, it could have been so much worse. It could have been so much worse. It, I mean, and look, you know, I'm I'm here. We are twenty years later, and I'm only ninety nine point nine percent over it. You know, I I I'm always making sure everything is triple locked and we have cameras oh, course, and stuff yeah. because you You've like I moved don't since then, right? Oh, oh yeah, we've moved we've moved um, more than once since then. But okay. it's like I the way I would say it is I don't live in a in a tortured fear based on 2003. I live in a I live in a remote, well manicured fear after 2003. You know, like it doesn't keep me up nights. I don't like spend all day worrying about it. But you treat it as a learning locked. experience. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, my it, doors were always locked. We have cameras, that kind of stuff. And I and and I try. It's that whole I, fool me twice thing. Yeah. Well, and, and George lately Dubson. I've. <laughs> right well lately i've gotten i've gotten a little bit more open about what i have in my house i mean like we're talking i'm talking on a podcast that's going to go all over the world about my sega cd and 32x collection right you know but if we if we went back a few years i probably wouldn't even be talking about this on on the radio you know because it's before people will steal your stuff they have to know you have your stuff right <laughs> you know so yeah. well you got uh, burned so but, you're more protective probably or a little bit more protective. I mean, yeah you've got some ptsd involving that specifically you know there's no doubt i mean i know like you know jeremy you've you've 
dealt with a similar, probably more frightening version of this. But I mean, I had, I, you know, there was a home invasion, like at my, my ex-girlfriend's house where somebody broke into the house while we were there. And I, and I still like, I never really got over that. Like I still double check the locks and like, you know, get kind of paranoid about noises and stuff like that. And, oh yeah, you know, we also mm-hmm. had the incident at Jeremy's old house, like with the, you know, which we were recording when it happened, but you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of that oh, right. stuff, yeah. a lot of that stuff, like it's just hard to to get over it, you know. And it's always been a thing in my mind as well, just remembering that break in and all that. And yeah, I had yeah. the door straight up removed at my one of my previous apartments. Come home, the door is just gone, okay. and they stole wow. two computers. Jeez. And I learned uh, to uh, basically be more forward with my landlord about my concerns because I thought that door was pretty flimsy and it cost two computers. So. And you were right. <laughs> You were correct yep. on that, and that's yeah, that's what happened, and that sucked. And and it, yeah, like speaking of like being paranoid, but like I that apartment, I didn't live there, but every time I was there, I never slept again in that apartment, the one that like you know where we had the home invasion. Like I never, I didn't sleep until she moved to somewhere else, you know, because I just couldn't because it was too much. Too well, much because fear it's been of compromised. Some, it's not yeah, of somebody anymore. coming in like, and it was yeah, whatever. So you know, mm-hmm. I know the feeling. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, yeah, it's hard to get over it. Right. What is it? But we haven't even got we haven't even got to the best game that we played ever, which I put on my pick of the week as a joke. Not that it was bad, but it was kind of funny. Was um, uh, thirty six great holes starring Fred Couples uh, for the thirty two X, which was a it was a golf. I'm game. assuming this is a golf game. Okay, it, yeah, it, it's a golf yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's not it's not a it's not a porno <laughs> game. No, <laughs> I say it's like someone was like, I need that. Like I need another extra hole in my head, and someone's like, Let's just keep going with that and then make a game. <laughs> it was kind. Of, I don't know. It reminded me of like Lee Trevino's combat golf or whatever that joke was from The Simpsons, where uh, Bart got that instead of Bone Storm, but. Uh, but yeah, it was like uh, it, it was kind of funny because yeah, we there was like only selectable character. We could only be Fred couples, so we had to be two Fred couples against each other. It was a, it a was, a, it was couples? a couple of couples. Ah, uh, jinx! Damn it! Yeah, we were a couple of couples. Uh, yeah, but it was a couples apostrophe. It was okay. Like the animation of him hitting the ball was all right, but it was really hard to tell like where the ball was going to go in the map, and there was no you know you could kind of just go left and right with how you're aiming it, and it was really hard to tell like the distance and whatever and. I don't know. I was just like, let's play this golf game because I like golf games. But it was like, in the end, it was kind of funny. And it was, yeah, we had we had a hard time like getting uh, getting pars and birdies or whatever else. Yeah. Well, you did a lot better at that game than I did. <laughs> I'm used to playing a lot of shitty golf games. That's why I got a lot of experience. <laughs> but yeah, it actually reminded me. Uh, it reminded me very much of like PGA Tour '96 on the PlayStation in terms of the visual and you, uh, presentation. And, and you also you picked up a PGA game, but we didn't get to playing it on Genesis, which I don't know why, but. Yeah, PGA actually, interestingly enough, PGA Tour '96 on the Genesis. It was like it was so J JCD and Hobby. Which, by the way, every time I walk into JCD and Hobby, I feel imposter syndrome because that place is like a nerd mecca, and I just realize how very little I measure up. Oh, don't don't uh, that's bullshit. The, don't don't the nerdiness. Don't that. say that. You, how many people? I get that but, way sometimes. How many people there Depending do you think have podcasts? Come on. You, you got well, you, that's true. You got a video game music podcast. I mean, I think uh, I said don't don't feel the. Impo- I mean, come on, we're all nerds here. Like we we belong in any sort of used video game place. Like we really do. Don't don't feel like mm-hmm. that. Don't don't feel like you don't it's belong. All, don't feel it's like you research. don't belong. I mean, they're not. You know, they're not going to be. A that gate- trip is research, no matter how you're. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel like there they're being go. gatekeepers or anything like that about it. You know? No, so, no, 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 no. They're totally not gatekeeping. No, totally. But anyway, when we went to JC and Hobby, you know, they had like all the expensive old games behind glass, but they had this little, this little box with like, 
they called them budget games or like cheap games or something like that. And they were like $2 games, but they were all sports games. But then I saw PGA tour 96 on the Genesis and I'm like, I've actually wanted this. And so I bought it and we took it home and we put it in the the 32X and we turned it on and it played the little title screen and then it froze. And then I couldn't get to turn on there again. So yeah. (laughs) So we never got a chance to play. I'm sure it's not broken. Even if it is broken, I'm out two bucks. Oh, well, we, uh, I mean, it might just be, you have to fiddle with the crap. Oh yeah. 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 This is not open up, clean it out or something like that. This is Nintendo, but I also bought a Star Trek, uh, toy for myself from from jay's from jay's cd and this is uh this is edith keeler from uh the greatest star trek episode of all time uh city on, city city on the edge of forever if uh, anybody's seen that mm. uh, original series first season she was the one that had to die to save the world this one right here mm-hmm. so spoilers but yeah that was what was great about that episode and instead of saving somebody in the past you had to kill that person in the past because the fact that mccoy went back in time and saved her the world was destroyed because the germans won world war ii and so on and so forth because she was teaching peace like they the germans won or something like that but it's it's a great episode <laughs> and i'd never seen an actual toy of her before and that's what i ended up getting for star trek i almost bought jody uh um a dread pirates robert or dread pirate roberts uh doll from from uh princess bride uh while i was there but i she said she didn't want it because she didn't have a place to put it and it would be just be more really? junk in the house. so yeah yeah thought, right yeah exactly yeah i thought yeah. about um uh, I, I almost he's bought, a twister i almost bought yes. one of, i almost <laughs> bought one of those for jess because she's a big fan of the of the movie as well but um i i would rather i, I mean those are kind of newer toys and they were like 25 dollars a piece and I like I, th- mm. I like the vintageness of the Star Wars of the Star Trek Voyager toy better. Mm. But uh, well, no, so I, I will say that I think the best Star Trek episode of all time is actually a Star Trek Acid Party. <laughs> oh yeah, you told me about that on YouTube. But I'm just saying, uh, actual you know lists on the internet, reputable lists, they always have a City on the Edge of Forever as, as the number one Star Trek episode. They won Emmys for that episode. I mean, I'm sure right. they won some for TNG also, but that's the one that you always see at the top is uh, City on the Edge Forever, which I actually have a comic book that's based on the original script of that, which is pretty cool. It's a little bit different, but I've read through it, and they did it actually using pictures from the original series on there. It was really cool. But uh, my nickname earlier, uh, John Wedgworth and I, we went to uh, the mall in Des Moines, went to the mall, uh, and we went to GameStop, and me being, when I said Amiibo Hunter, I bought two Amiibo while I was there, and... The Hunter name, of course, goes along with it because I bought two Monster Hunter Amiibo. I found uh, I found the Palico from Monster Hunter Rise. Oh, so cute! Because they've actually they've re released they've re released the old Monster Hunter Amiibo. So uh, oh, cool. I, I saw Magnamalo there selling for like twenty five dollars. I think Jess got it for me for around fifty or something. But I had sent her a picture of it. and I was like, here it is. here it. I was like, it's back. But I was like, but your your version's better because you got it for me through eBay and all that. And Maybe it it's really first cool. edition. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I you know that one was bought with love. So there you go. But no, I I got a palico and I also got a, a Sukino from uh, Monster Hunter Stories too. And just just loved the design of this one. This little cute cat with the pink hair and all that. So. It was a, these were just um this was the only one they had was this Monster Hunter Stories two one, and I just never you know me like whenever I see amiibo that I've never seen before I have to pick them up, and uh, I actually was at GameStop the other day and I saw a whole row of them I did not know that they were uh, scarce or whatever but oh Monster Hunter ones well yeah well I mean the Monster Hunter ones actually I never saw the original release of the Monster Hunter ones that came out last year when when Rise uh, dropped. 
but they yeah they've re-released them now for uh, Sunbreak. So so yeah so I don't know how um, I don't know how rare they are, but I just never I'd never seen them before, so I just went ahead and bought them. But because we do this as a tradition, gotta gotta open this amiibo really real quick here. Oh. So there we go. Let's get this palico out of here. Get that pop. Just bought it. <clears throat> bought it. Jordan Creek Town Center. Oh, that sound. Boom. No, this Palico looks Palico awesome. is out. Looks yeah. very solid. There's no P stand or anything. Oh yeah, no, it feels great. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh I'm I'm very I'm super excited about Sunbreak. I know I have to it's basically like a new game and I gotta buy it all over again, but I don't care. I love Monster Hunter. It's gonna be great. It's a soft sequel. And here we go. This one does have a little bit of ice, a little bit of ice behind the legs there, but yeah, there we go. I'm okay with ice as long as it's not piss colored, you know. This one has the ice behind the legs too, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, we talked about it. Uh, Jeremy's game of the year of last year, Monster Hunter Rise. Actually, kind of felt a little bad that mine wasn't as high because I put a hundred plus hours into Monster Hunter. It's a great game, but yeah, got it a, got, converted got a me. Of these. That game converted me to a Monster Hunter fan, and I never thought I would be one, but I. But here we go. Yeah, no, Monster Hunter is great. It's a really good game. Like I said before, I think it's one of the best looking games on the system, on the Nintendo system. But uh, I need to, I know we're going to go a little bit longer here, but I just need to talk about two actual new Nintendo Switch games that I played over the break. Well, not my break, but while, while I was in Des Moines, I had a lot of time by myself to play things. So I, you know, I went there and I edited the podcast and posted it from Des Moines and all that stuff because I'm, you know, that debt dedicated to the show, but. Of course, I had to finish the edit and all that, and it was it was a it was a good one. I enjoyed it. Yeah, like Hunter S. Thompson, but instead of like a typewriter, you've got your like laptop. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, hotel room, yeah. But uh, I was listening to the Rune Factory one that we did with Fuchsia last week, and I kept thinking about like, man, you know, I'm like, the more I listen to this, the more I want to play Rune Factory. But uh, so I decided to make this deal with myself. We'll see how long I hold this for. But this is my new deal. My deal was that I can't get another RPG until I beat one of the old RPGs that I have on my system. So that's my new. I think that's very good. That's my new rule. So I didn't buy Rune Factory Five because I'm like, I need to buy, I need to beat one of the ones that I have. So I'm like. I could, you know, I'm like, I, I should try to beat one of the ones I'm close to, like a Ease 9 or like SMT5 or something like that. So that was my rule. I was like, I got to beat one of these ones that I already have, and then I'll do this. And I was like, I can move, move that into other things, like because I swore that I was going to beat Xenoblade Chronicles 2 before 3 came out. So I'll be like, I got to beat that mm-hmm. until this other one happens, and then I can make that a whole thing, and maybe I'll stream it or something. So that's what I decided. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, Rune Factory 5 off the table. I'm not, I'm not doing that one. I got to finish the other stuff. But I decided that, you know, since I'm out of town, I'm working on a job, I kind of need something a little bit a little bit less, like something more like uh, relaxing and all that. I ended up going for uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I ended up buying that game. And, it's uh, like when you bought uh, Skyward Sword. Well, I bought Skyward Sword because I, I, I was like, in I Abu Dhabi. I will never Dhabi. buy Skyward Sword. <laughs> You're like, well, I'm buying Skyward Sword now. I didn't, say on that. I didn't say I wouldn't buy Kirby. I just said oh, that... I oh just, no, you didn't. I, I was going to say you never said that. I didn't that. say I'd never buy it. I said that I was afraid that it might be too long, and I still haven't beat it. And I've been playing it every day in Abu and uh, not Abu Dhabi in Des Moines. But no, Kirby's <laughs> close enough. <laughs> uh, no, no yeah. the reason yeah, Abu Des Moines. I mean, the reason I got it in Abu Dhabi is that I wanted to buy a you know a, I wanted to buy a a physical game in another country. You know, as you would when you're when you're visiting another country. No, and it's yeah. totally in line with your like story of getting Link's Awakening and. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. My my Game Boy Link's Awakening and all that. And I well, That's so cool. And I did. Oh, I bought. I didn't buy a, a game, but I bought the Mega Drive Mini while I was in Japan. You know, I wanted to buy. 
Well, and actually, I did buy a bunch of Famicom games while I was there too, Famicom and Super Famicom. So I did buy stuff there. But um, but yeah, no, I wanted to play, I wanted to buy Kirby, and uh, Kirby was a great uh, it was a great relaxing game to play, and that's kind of why I chose it. And and I, I did want to say that I that a hundred percent I have died more times on Kirby than I ever died on Pokemon Arceus. So uh, <laughs> so there you go, <laughs> between the two of those. Um, I mean, they're very different games. They're very they're very different games. Well, Arceus is you know. I, I play RPGs like I try to like you know keep myself mm-hmm. healed and like try not to die and all that stuff, but uh, uh Kirby Kirby has like these levels that kind of remind me a lot of actually Super Mario Galaxy, but they have these levels called Treasure Road where you basically they have these small little these small little challenges that are based on the uh, abilities that you get at the time, and they're really cool because they actually teach you ways to use the abilities that you that you don't really know probably so it it basically teaches you the extra aspect like like you would see in like the original like kirby uh superstar you know where it's like you know where like every copy ability had had its own kind of a set of move moves like very similar to like smash brothers like that type of thing it'll be like well did you know that you could do this and we'll and they'll base a whole challenge around this one ability that you can do with this certain thing and it's really cool because it teaches you all this like extra shit that you would never know about you know, but but those ones are the ones that get really hard, and I died a bunch of times on there. And there was a few times that I that I called like Kirby a stupid pink idiot or something like that while I was playing <laughs> on the TV in in the hotel, and I yelled yelled at him because he wasn't. I, I think it might have also been. I think the TV that I had there was a little bit off. Like I feel like the like I don't know the controls were weird because I'll mention on another game that I got. But um, but yeah, I was like, there's this one where I had to, because there's the car, there's the Kirby car, the mouthful mode, and that's in a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of racing stuff in there, which is really cool because I love racing games. But there's one where like you have to like you know be in the car, and, and a lot of them like they they play on how long it's going to take you to get through the thing, so they try to like make the time. There's a time limit on top of that as well. And this one has like ten jumps that you have to do all over each all over again, like with very small, reminds me of a like very Yoshi's small plat- platforms to land on, you know, and mm-hmm. and towards the end, like if you don't have the rhythm down, you will die every time because it gets because the platforms get smaller and smaller and smaller as you get to the end, and you have to land and jump at the right time, you know, and it gets real difficult. And I just kept fucking that one up and i was like god damn it you motherfucker and i was like so angry and i'm like oh i'm like maybe because we're all on the same floor i was like maybe the crew can hear me maybe i shouldn't yell at kirby like that but but it was but it was getting to me but no it's great it's a great game like i've really been enjoying it a lot well i'm glad you said that about yelling at kirby because when you were telling the story no you stupid pink idiot you know i'm sitting here and thinking to myself now what's the guy in the next room thinking yeah i I wondered about that (laughs) i was i wondered like what they what they were thinking about i was waiting for somebody to be like somebody kept yelling at this pink person the other i was like oh yeah that was me i was pink curly sorry what what kind of weird sex thing is going on in this other <laughs> but no it's i don't want to kick shame but they were being really loud yeah no i i mean i i've been <laughs> i've been incredibly impressed with it like all of the levels are designed really really well it has this it has this cool like post-apocalyptic feel to it like it's you know you have like the abandoned mall that you go to and you go to like this there's like this winter level where it's like a where it's like all these like frozen uh, subway stations that are underground, and just the way everything is designed like looks really really cool, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. I know, uh, John, you were saying that you were that you were played you played the the dumb the demo way too many times, like ad nauseum and all oh, yeah. that. Uh, but uh, but if you're if I, I yeah. thought maybe your nephew had got it already because I thought that if he had done all his chores, he would have yeah gotten, he wasn't gotten he the game to by earn now. It chores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to earn it. So I don't I don't know. Why he hasn't gotten it yet, but uh, I assume it's coming at some point. But you every should, time I go uh, over there, 
we just play that demo to death yeah. every single time. You should time. talk to his parents and be like, "What's where is he out of the chores?" And maybe you can like <laughs> right. Can, can, help him out a can I throw? Can I throw? Well, a couple, no, you could be like a couple uh, dollars in there. <laughs> maybe put like something in the truck of your the car or whatever. And be like, "All right, your parents give me the final chore. You have to go out there and get the stuff out of the car. Maybe it's like a box and, and find the game. In the box. Yeah. yeah, oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, the, like the game in there. The game is really mm-hmm. cool, though. I was hoping that you would be able to play with their with your nephew, so I could so you could like maybe appreciate Kirby like a little bit more because the game is really, really good. Like once it like the cool, the thing about that I realized about Kirby, cause I've been playing this game and I was also, I brought my three DS with me to Des Moines. So I was also playing triple deluxe at the same time, which is really good. And I'm around, wow. like, I'm like in the same, I kind of fell into a big Kirby thing, but Kirby games are awesome. So it's fine. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I brought I brought my 3DS with me, and I try to I try to play I try to play everything. I was like, well, I brought my 3DS, I should play my 3DS. So so I played like Mario Kart Seven. Oh, and also I you know a gift I bought a John Wedgworth the first day that we hung out. You told me that you were listening to our Mario Kart ranking episode, and that the Mario Kart ranking episode had inspired you to play Mario Kart games that you had never played before. And I was like, it's some of the handhelds that you missed, right? So I ended up. So I ended up buying you a Mario Kart Seven at at Jay's as well at the used place. Oh, very nice! And so I, as, as, yeah, a, and, as, well, a, as a gift for showing me around town and all that, you know. Well, I would. I and what I told you then is it was deeply appreciated and completely unnecessary. But I, uh, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because I was just waiting for a break in the conversation. I was going to shout you out about that same thing. Actually, have you have you been able to play it yet? The the three D not yet. No, not I. I don't think you know I. I don't really think I've had much chance to play any games since you left. I, you know, cause I mean, I've only so, been gone for like a day, so no big deal. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just got back yesterday. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Well, but we, but the last time we hung out was Sunday, we didn't see each other. Sure, Monday yeah, or Tuesday. Yeah. So, um, so as, as most people will know, you know, when you have a toddler in the house, especially when you're an early 40 something with a toddler in the house, spellage becomes currency. And, uh, and, and Jody was tremendous at spelling me from a lot of Wyatt duties while Trey was in town. So I could be free to spend time with him. And I, and in the trade-off is I said, well, I'm going to be very, very present, uh, this, this week and give you whatever you need, you know? And so I really haven't, I really haven't had a lot of time for games. I, um, I played a few rounds of rocket league, uh, on the series X, but, but that's just kind of something I do, you know, as a, as a filler thing. I'm, you know what? I will bring Mario Kart to the office with me tomorrow and, and charge my 3ds well, and then well, don't play get it in over trouble. lunch tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll play it. I'll play it over lunch. I won't play it on the clock, but I'll charge my 3ds. Uh, and then I'll, and then I'll play it over lunch. So have a Mario Kart. I should it's a yeah, yeah. No, I just yeah I just I just wanted to grab you something at uh, at Jay's you know just to, just as a thank you for you know hanging out and driving me around and all that stuff and, and is I'll, Wyatt still interested in video games and stuff like are you still oh actually I've, oh yeah no I've got, yes yes <laughs> I mean while while we were while we were trying to, while I was playing um, Shadow Dancer he kept saying uh, next round next round he's like I get it next round or I get next round <laughs> and it was yeah, yeah and no, he and he would like uh, say he would be like good job and I'd be like thanks or whatever you know he would <laughs> he would kind of hang around and yeah just sort That's of awesome. uh, was like a cheerleader to, to that game and also being like my turn my turn you know like after every yeah. time I died or whatever so he's very yeah. interested in video games yeah well cool. he's 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 a budding gamer in the making like when I come home when I came home from work the past few days he would just come rushing to the door and say daddy let's play Animal Crossing you know, Aww. and he just, you know, he's just, and, and he loves Duck one. Hunt, the, the NES Duck Hunt, you know, he'll say, oh, let's wow. play the duck game. And 
you know, so he's like, he doesn't, he has like basically no, no skill at gaming so far, but he has all the interest and all the, the impulses. And so I think, and he, remember he's three. So the fact that we're playing duck hunt at all is already something right. You know? And so, mm -hmm. and, and so I think, if we fast forward two years, he's going to be a pretty good gamer. Right. And, and of course I, I want to so. foster that, but, but anyway, yeah. So when Trey was hanging out in my basement, Wyatt came downstairs and spent, spent most of the time with us. And then really heartwarming story here, guys, the next day I had to stop Wyatt from going downstairs. I said, Wyatt, what are you doing? He said, I want to see daddy's friend. Yeah. He thought Aww. it was still down there. Yeah. <laughs> like he just expected Trey to be down that there still. So <laughs> just tell him that I live in the basement and I'm just like at work or something. And then I'll just, yeah. you can just and keep you don't the ever make him mad. <laughs> just keep the lie going. Yeah, no, I live behave in the, yourself or he'll get mad. I live in the basement. No, no, I thought I thought Trey's our prisoner. I thought it was I thought it was funny because I mean I, I felt like I didn't really like talk to him that much, but I guess he enjoyed watching us play games or whatever that he thought you I have a, lived a down there. Personality Trey. Yeah. That's what Je <laughs> that's what Jess was saying that like even though you know whether whether you like kids or not they still like you like whether you think exactly that, whether th you think that you've actually like bonded with them or not like they still understanding well, your yeah. kid is as simple as just really understanding yourself when you were really young and yeah. stupid yeah I mean like yeah, uh like like just just as just his brother uh like just his brother thinks I'm hilarious like I don't even have to do anything I can just like look at him and he like laughs at me because he thinks his nephew no well, just his brother's kid yeah this is what I mean yeah. and Henry yeah <laughs> um yeah, no, uh, he he just thinks, yeah, he thinks I'm hilarious. I don't even have to do anything. That's what I said last time I was there. I don't you even have to do anything. I just dude. have to look at you and you just laugh at me. And that's all I, you know. You, <laughs> and you're just compounding the hilarity. At yeah. The same time. <laughs> so, well, yeah. You know, it, even, even Chloe came down and hung out with Trey for a little bit, you know. Um, and then, of course, the cats were all over him. Yeah, that was awesome. That that was that was nice because I was really missing the cats here that I have. And I had no cat contact whatsoever. And it was nice that, you know, your two cats, especially the white cat, was really into me. Like, that one was following yeah, me around and jumping on me and all that stuff. And that was cool. Well, and, and what's interesting is Lexi is actually typically the more aloof when we have company. It's usually Moo that's all over. So, real quick. We well, I'm, the, I'm uh, the cat whisperer, though. That's Lexi's why. Like, cat, cats always chase me around. Like, that's, that's the thing. Well, I don't know. I smell good or something. I don't know. I guess you smell like cat. Yeah. But, but Moo is our male <laughs> cat and he's really big. He's, he's really big framed and then he's really fat and he's cow colored, right? He, he's like Holstein cow colored and he's mm. really fat. So Moo is like the perfect name for this guy. And so he's usually the one that's all over everyone. Well, Lexi is the female cat. She's got like, she's got permatidy. She's really tiny and she's never going to get any bigger and she's all white and she's got one blue eye and one green eye and she doesn't meow. She squeaks. Oh yeah, Trey no, heard it. She, I, I, yeah, I finally, squeaks. I finally saw her like it towards the end of the night before before we left. But yeah, she's like a little David Bowie. It was like a there you go. Well, yeah. I mean, we have like our our cat Spooky. Like he, he chirps. Like we say, he's like a he's like a bird. He's like burp, burp, you know, like. But that's well, he was out in the streets. But he, but he's he still a uh, well. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Jess was saying that you know, like uh, feral cats, like they don't meow. Like uh, Spooky actually learned how to meow from our other cat Tanuki. Like taught Spooky how to supposedly like Tanuki gave him to humans. But Tanuki mm -hmm. gave him a language, though. He never had language before mm -hmm. that, which is kind of cool. So Spooky's still kind of learning how to meow, but it's like, it's like so small and cute. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was nice to see those cats there because I was missing my cats. But no, uh, yeah, uh, Kirby's a lot of fun. I was going to say, John, like, since you have to play the demo so many times, uh, when you finally mm -hmm. get to the actual game, you will have to yep. see the demo one more time because Jeremy was actually right that the demo is the first two levels of the game. Like, it is, like, the very, oh, very, very beginning. And I feel like every Kirby game 
it'll feel really easy for the first two sets of levels, but once you get to the three and past, it starts getting more interesting and more difficult and all that. And that was the same thing for this game. Like, the first couple levels, I was like, okay, you know, this looks cool, but whatever. But once I got to the amusement park, which is the third level set, I was like, okay, you know, this is really cool. And these levels are really neat. And there's, like, the the amusement park, there's a part where you, like, inhale a, a light bulb, and you're kind of going through, like, this black light, like, horror ride, where all these, like, like aliens jump out at you and stuff, and there's there's little spike ghosts that are kind of like uh, the booze from Mario, where if you have the light on, they chase you, but if you turn it off, they turn away. And that was, like, really cool. That was one of my favorite levels. I was like, alright, this game's badass. So it has... A lot of people have been saying that it's a great, like, palate cleanser, like, after the intensity of, like, Elden Ring and all that. People, like, to, to, turn to yeah. Kirby and just experience this, like, really beautiful... Like, I might need that. Incre- one's, incredibly, one's a shot, yeah. and then the other was Chaser, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I've heard yeah, people say that as well. well it's like... Uh, it's like, yeah. uh, what was that? You, you, and, you uh, turn to this, like, incredibly nice, uh, beautifully, mm-hmm. you know, well-done well, well done game that's just incredibly charming and relaxing. But I was saying, it's def- it's definitely challenging, though, because I, there were many times where I, where I was getting kind of you know, pissed off because I kept fucking up one thing that I was trying to do. But it, it reminds me a lot of the Yoshi games where it's like, if you want to play, if you're trying to do everything, it gets more difficult. But if you're just trying to go from A to B, then maybe it's a little bit easier. But well, I won't jump out and buy it. But if my nephew gets it, and you know, I'll definitely play through it then. And I'll, I'll see what you my might need to be impression involved, is then. Yeah. No, I, I figured that you'll game. have that you'll have to. I mean, I figure you never buy it, but. You can at least see some of the beauty of it, like from playing Maybe it with your nephew, it, yeah. where you'll be like, hey, because there are some really gorgeous levels in there. And there's some really, really, really unique ideas in there as well. So, I mean, so I was like, I was very impressed with like, you know, where they went with it. And it's, and it's, yeah, it's cool. And it's a lot of fun to play. And, and I, it, it gets addicting once you get into like the, the, the town building mechanic and like the evolved abilities and all that stuff. Because you get, you know, you'll find an evolved ability. Then it'll be like, okay, now you got to go back to Waddle Town and see your new evolved ability. Or like, you got enough Waddle to open a new thing in the town. So you go back to the town. So it's very much like that. And they have a lot of, um, there's a lot of fast travel stuff, which is really cool too. Like if you press B, you can automatically go to Waddle at any time into the Waddle Town. And also if you hit select, it'll show you all of the levels that you've played and all the stuff that you've done on all the levels. And you can pick that particular level and it'll take you straight to that level. So it's like, it's very like quick, like one to another, like you want to do this, you want to do this, you want to do that. And I thought that was really cool, cool to like streamline the game a lot. You know, it's like, and uh, what I thought was cool is there's because there's the there's like the second of all evolution of the abilities, but there's also a third one for all for a lot of them as well that I didn't know about. So it's there's there's a lot to it, you know. And uh, I think I'm on I think I'm on like level five now, and I heard there's like six, but I kind of got to like sort of like like I I made it to day day day, and I beat and I beat uh, King day 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 and all that and. And then I got to the next part after that, and it's been—it's just been fun. It's just been the one that I've what been. What are you playing. saying? Day 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 isn't the final villain? No, no, I don't think so. Because there's more after that. It didn't end. Like I think they wanted you to think it was going to end, but it kept going. I don't want to say there is like an event that happens after that, but I'm not going to. I don't want to spoil it. But, but no, I mean the game has just been a pleasure to 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 play. Like I, I mean I'm already thinking about it being on like the top ten of the year, like because I've just been really enjoying playing it. And I haven't heard anything bad about it to be honest. Kirby is a good game. Like people really other than like tempering your expectations. I haven't heard that, but like 
don't expect it to blow your mind, but it'll it will charm you and it'll be fun and you will love your time with it. That's what I've heard. So I plan to buy it as soon as I can. I way overspent hanging out with Trey. So there's going to be a payday or two where I'm not <laughs> yeah. buying anything. Trey, um, you fucked no, John no. from playing Kirby. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's okay. Um, well, I mean, we did. Yeah, you probably but, went out to eat more often than you normally would. I mean, I know I sure I sure did while I was there. Well, know, and I also I stayed up way later than I usually do several days in a row. Yeah, well, uh, that, but I mean, that's but no, time I, is money. That's the life. Yeah, it is the life. I mean, as much I mean, as I love downtown, <laughs> I spent way more time downtown when you were in town than I normally do. Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I've got my money set aside for the steam deck, so I'm going to be able to buy that. But in terms of other purchases, it's, I, it's pretty much, pretty much nothing for the next payday or two until I have to recoup from that. So, but it was worth it. It was worth it. So yeah. that, that's not to guilt you. It was totally worth I do it again, but yeah, as soon as I can, as soon as I recover sufficiently, I'll buy Kirby. Cause yeah. I definitely, definitely want it. it. You you played it for a second, like on, on my, on my switch with the bin box and all that you got, you got to try. I was like in the middle of a level and you finished the level I was on at the time, which I actually had to, which yeah. I did go back through because you missed a couple things. But 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 no big deal. You you're playing it handheld, so you know. Yeah. But but it was yeah. No, it's a it's great. Like it's like like I said, once I got to the amusement park, I was like okay. And I feel like yeah, most Kirby games once you hit like the third or fourth level set, it starts to get to the mid the mid range where things start getting more interesting and more challenging and all that. And, and yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of really. I mean, there's some really really good design in there and all that. Which uh, I mean, I think I'll get it eventually because. Even when I was just playing the demo, you know, Sean, I was like interested in watching me play. You know, it's got a very nice cinematic presentation, so I want to play it eventually. I just yeah, we haven't tried a we haven't tried co op. I'm distracted right now. We haven't tried co op yet because I know I know <laughs> Justice like would would really enjoy playing it. So 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 there's that. But uh, I do I have to mention uh, the other game that I got, which is a. Uh, pretty rad but i got i got skywalker saga also like it like a star wars skywalker saga which just came out yesterday which just came out yesterday yeah of course on switch but uh i, I bought it on switch uh, it just came out yesterday i haven't played it that long but it was kind of one of those things where i was playing it on the hotel and i was like you know these controls are weird and i feel like everything was just fucked up at the hotel like uh re- real quick story uh sp- speaking of trying to travel with the switch I was having the hardest time because, you know, most hotel rooms, like they're against you using the other inputs on the TV and all that stuff. Where like sometimes you can't switch it to it. That's why I bring a universal remote with me, actually, so I can change inputs and get it to work and all that. So uh, when I was in Abu Dhabi, I I couldn't get the inputs to switch. But I would what I did is I just unplugged the cable and just plugged my switch into Mm -hmm. it. And then, boom, my switch is on the TV. I'm like, fuck cable. I don't need to watch anything here. I'm just going to play games. So, uh I tried to do the same thing with this TV because I was having a hard time getting the inputs to work. And I did get a couple of them to work the first day, but when I plugged into one of the regular inputs of the TV, I noticed that the volume was turned up all the way up to 100%. But because the cable box was still connected, I was able to turn it down. Like, because when I got there, I hooked up my laptop to the TV so I could watch wrestling because it was like, you know, I want to watch that Wednesday night dynamite and all that. And uh, second day, I was trying to get the because I had two TVs, because it's a weird room that's split in half. Like the wall doesn't go all the way up. It's like Columbia style dorms, whatever. And mm. uh, I was trying to get my switch to play on the other TV, and there's the TV stuck to a wall, and the wall doesn't go up all the way. So I had to like, I like plugged into the nearest outlet, and then I plugged the HDMI into it, and it would only balance like so far above the couch behind it. So I had to put like one of the couch cushions under there. <laughs> which was like the couch cushions were like rock hard so i was able to like balance it on there i took a picture and put it on twitter but it's like this ultimate, full of hardened sand it's like this ultimate balance between the two of them but i i couldn't get it to play on the tv 
So I unplugged the cable and I plugged it into the TV and it went to 100% audio and I could not <laughs> get the I could not get it to turn down. I could not get it to mute, I could not get it to do anything. And I was playing Earthworm Jim 2 because that like shadow dropped in between episodes. And it was like right in the middle of the one where you have to bounce the dog. So I plug it into the TV and all of a sudden really, real loud. It's like, no, 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 And it's like, I'm like, oh my God. Groovy. Yeah. And it's super. And these, these, neighbor, these neighbors of yours already think you're into weird sex with this pig creature. Well, this was before. I mean, I didn't even have Perk Kirby yet at this time. This is when I was just playing Earthworm Jim. But, uh. But yeah, no, it was a uh, yeah, it was ridiculous, and I couldn't mute the TV, and I tried, and I got my like universal remote to work, but I couldn't turn the volume up and down because it had a things turned off, like where you can't adjust the volume, so it's some sort of way to make you not use the HDMI's or whatever. Eventually, I, I plugged back in the cable, and the cable is its own box, and I plugged the cable and I plugged the HDMI into the cable box, and then I could get it to work. But I had to like select the input a couple times before it actually started working. But also another weird thing was the sound started unsyncing while I was playing Kirby through that. So like oh, weird. so like you would swing the sword and then the sound of the sword swing would happen like two seconds after you swung it. And it said toasty. Yeah, and then it was like <laughs> and then it was like Jax. No. <laughs> no, it would do this and then like I I basically had to turn the TV off and turn it back on and then it would like reset itself. But then it would like slowly fall apart again and and also, I felt like the controls weren't working well. Whatever. Anyway, I stayed up till 2 a.m. to play Skywalker Saga because that was when it launched. It didn't launch at midnight, unfortunately. And I had to be at work at 10 the next day, but I just had to play it. And uh, the game is awesome. It's uh, basically uh, open-world Star Wars. Like, I've played all of the LEGO Star Wars games, but this is, like, all of the episodes 1 through 9, completely redone. Everything is, like, a third-person shooter, third-person uh, Jedi slashing game, whatever. And every planet in all of the Star Wars has its own open world mode. So it's like my ultimate uh, Lego game. Like, I actually think that it's better than Lego Marvel Superheroes, which is my favorite Lego game of all time. And this one's actually better so far. And it's fucking. It's high great. praise because that's the one you talked about the most. It's my favorite. No, uh, mm-hmm. it reminds me of, uh, I mean, it, in a good way, it reminds me of like the Super Star Wars games on Super Nintendo, which are like my favorite. Some of my favorite Star Wars games, and also Mm. reminds me of Shadows of the Empire and Nintendo sixty four in the way that Mm -hmm. it that it combines like really great like on foot shooting missions with like space battles and stuff like that. It it has it it gives you the full variety of Star Wars world and all that. And if you're really into Star Wars, I mean you'll love it because like every it's like every location that you go to has its own open world thing that you can do. So you can travel from one thing to another. I I was watching a a YouTube review of it and they were basically saying that it's like, it's basically an adult game that's looking like a kid game because it's way more complicated for most kids to understand. Like the, the reviewer was talking about how his kids tried to play it and they kind of got really confused. And I got really confused off the bat too, because there's a lot of shit that it throws you at, at you almost like monster hunter level at the very beginning where I'm like, wait, what? Uh, But uh, no, it is, it is kind of like a, like an, an adult level, depth like with a kid you know with a kid looking uh this is for the lego stays on the shelf don't play with it person mm-hmm. sure no no i mean i, I like <laughs> i like it a lot like it's it kind of it even reminded Which me how of, i've seen my lego models like the of the yeah the cube and all that it, it even it even reminded me of like uh 
Resident Evil 3 goes to Resident Evil 4, you know, where they, like, stuck the camera behind the character, and then all of a sudden it's a more dynamic, like, action game. Like, so that's basically what they did. It's like, well, what if we put the camera right over the shoulder of the characters, and we make it into, like, a oh, like a third-person shooter instead of, like, the, the normal top-down Lego games. But it's really cool. So, like, 10 years behind or 15 years behind? Well, I mean, as far as, like, Lego goes, it's, like, super ambitious. And they created their own, uh, they, they, like, created their own engine for it, too. Like, the Traveler's Tales made their own original engine for the system. Even though I will say that, like, if you're playing it on Switch, it is, like, the the worst-looking version of all of it. There is a lot of pop-in going on. And they did that just to keep the 30 the 30 frames per second solid through the whole thing. Right. So it is, so it is smooth, but there's a lot of pop in, but that doesn't bother me, whatever. I want to play it on the switch. So so I'll confess. I'll I'll confess. I plan on getting this game, but um, I think it's going to be on Xbox game pass. And I think the Xbox and PS five, the series X and the PS five version support ray tracing. Um, There's that word again. So, but I I I mean, that's, I I mean, that's what you want, you know, go for it for me. I I just, I want to play it on the switch. So, (laughs) you know, play it handheld. So I don't care. And also, you sure. know, I play everything on Nintendo for the show and all that, but it, but it's, it's been great. Like I played it like last night I played through and it's cool that you can start in whatever trilogy you want to start on. You can play on like the prequels or the original one or the sequels and all that. And you can play the first one and you can kind of jump from one to another. But my, the one that I had the most fun with was episode four, like the original star Wars, star Wars, star Wars, a new hope. And it was so good. Like playing as Leia, like in that in that uh Corellian Corvette at the very beginning with the white walls everywhere and like Darth Vader coming through. Like that was so cool. Like and I played through all the other Lego Star Wars games, but this one was like, All right, this game's badass. And yeah, you like you do like the old the the auto uh aiming where you tap tap like Z R Z L and then you go straight to the guy and shoot him and you can shoot their uh their stormtrooper helmets off and then hit him again and get a headshot and it's great. It's I don't know, for being a for being like a first person shooter fan for me, it felt like that, but in Lego form, but third person, you know, so it was, yeah, I was having a, I was having a blast with it. I played through episode one last night and it's, and they kind of like, uh, they do their own way to try to fix some of the things like, uh, for me, like, you know, episode one is my least favorite of the prequel movies, mostly because Jake Lloyd is awful. And, uh, they, they have like a new, they have somebody voicing Anakin who's not as annoying as Jake Lloyd. It's, they actually play it off like it's better, you know, so. That's cool. And there's a lot of really good, there's a lot of really good jo- jokes in it. Like don't, uh, I would say don't watch too many reviews of it. Cause I watched IGN's review and they spoiled so much. Like they spoiled so many jokes that I wish I would have seen by playing the game. So be careful what you watch. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of spoilers out there and I think it's better. To I just, think a lot of people don't just take let it, it serious, be, but... just let it be its own thing. You know, wasn't this game delayed a bunch of times? It I was delayed heard, a lot of times, and there was. I've listened to a few podcasts have talked. There, about there was crunch stuff too, which we actually talked about mm. because in January people were already talking about how they're getting crunched to make the game and all that stuff. And haven't they basically? They're which trying to reinvent the Lego games, right? Like this is sort of their like reboot for all their. Oh yeah, no, this is yeah. This surely is like there's the going to be an yeah. Indiana Jones version. There's going to be a whatever else they've done, Spider Man and Batman and all that. Yeah, no, I mean, actually, I'm really excited from playing this. Like it, you know, it just it seems to like just make all the Lego games more exciting now to me. It's like I want I want them to make a Lego Marvel Cinematic Universe where you go through like all through the all the 20 movies and like through like Infinity War and like Endgame and all that stuff. And I would I don't know. They could easily do that as a piecemeal DLC kind of thing. I'm just saying I would play all of them because this game plays so well. And it's be and it like I'm just like yeah I, I would take any fucking franchise like this with the Lego brand you know because it's it's just amazing how much they put into it like every 
everything that you go to in Star Wars is its own full open world thing that you can experience apart from the story. So like you land on Tatooine, you can just walk around and do Tatooine shit for like however long if you want, just to collect kyber crystals, which you can use to upgrade your characters and buy new characters and all this other stuff. And you can even like leave the, you can like get in a ship and leave the planet and just fly around outside the planet and find shit too. Like in the, like in the, in the like, you know, atmosphere and all that stuff. It's like near planet orbit. It's insane. Yeah. You can just take off and just fly around in the space by the planet and find shit and then come back down and land. And I don't know. I'm just really impressed. Like it's super ambitious and really, really good. I'll, I'll talk about it more next week. I'm sure. But yeah, I was I was very excited about playing it, and it's been getting a lot of great reviews. I heard there were some like possible bugs in the Switch one, but thankfully I haven't run into anything yet. Just like where stuff doesn't load, and I you know I've I've dealt with that before, like from Wii stuff. Um, some of the voices are kind of weird because they, a lot of them they used from the uh, from like the Clone Wars Rebels series and all that, but like the stuff for like Han Solo and Luke and stuff like that doesn't sound right because it's not the actual actors. But Billy D. Williams, always looking for work. He's in there doing Lando. So at least at least you got that. You got the real... Uh, I mean, he's always there, is what I mean. Like, I feel like Billy D. is almost always the voice of Lando in every Star Wars game. Like, even going back well, to the Jedi Knight games. But That's certainly a perk. It's dedication. And yeah. real quick, uh, yeah, real, real quick, for any Xbox fans listening, I did double check, and the game, unfortunately, is not on Game Pass. So you'd have to buy it for the 60 bucks. And as far as ray tracing, it's not supported at present, although there is a possibility that it'll be added in the future. What we have is screen space reflection, SSR. And uh, really good SSR can sometimes be a little hard to, to distinguish from ray tracing, but it is a it is an inferior technology. So unfortunately, no ray tracing and no Game Pass, so blah. So get it. So get it handheld. <laughs> the same yeah, there you go. I mean, it's, it it go. does it does run a lot better on Xbox and just stick around, wait for the SSRIs. You'll you'll get them. Yeah. I mean, it's well, as much as you get it on your Steam Deck. I mean, it's. A there, I was gonna. I was gonna say as much as as much as most of the listeners will hate me for saying this. Maybe I'll just look into getting it on Steam Deck. Sure. I mean, it's the same price on everything. It doesn't really matter. Oh, they're gonna but... loathe you. But uh, no more St. John. <laughs> but um, uh... I don't think it's gonna be like that at all. I think you're actually. Our ambassador for the Steam Deck, to be honest. Well, I mean, I figured you'd come back when cool. you officially get it and all that stuff. But I want to hear about it. I'm very interested. So okay, yeah. Whether they hate you or not, you're going to be back to talk about. It. But no, yeah, Skywalker awesome. Saga was great, and also uh, this. I don't have to like open it, but I went to I went to I went to McDonald's. I got a Happy Meal. So while I was in while I was in Des Moines, I got peach or not peach. I got uh, I, I got Toadette in in a in a Mario Kart car. From from uh, looks from McDonald's, kind of like it's got a, a friction kind of motor in it. Yeah, there. Well, the uh, as you can see, the wheels are flipped, so this is during the upside down version. Yeah, where you know, and it comes with little uh, decals also that you can put that you can put on the uh, on the cart. I actually ended up t- getting doubles. I got two of them, so I gave one to Jess, and they took it apart mm-hmm. earlier and put all the stickers on it and all that. So yeah, I did. I did make it to didn't make it to McDonald's to get a Happy Meal while I was in Des Moines. So is it one of those that. ones where you pull it back and it goes, or just like Hot Wheels? It does. It doesn't pull back and go. That's the first thing I tried. It just, it just goes. You know, you I just, thought for sure it was like a friction motor. You just push it and it moves. That's all it is. But it's, but it's cool looking. I just, I wanted to get one at least. You know, there were a lot of times when I was going to work and I just didn't, you know, didn't have enough time to get food. And you know, we're not going to get fed until six hours after we get there. So it's best to get food before you get there. So I, you know, because the times were later, I went to McDonald's and grabbed that and then went to the next thing. So that was me. But uh, let's talk about Elden Ring, Jeremy. I know we, we already went over, but 
Let's go I'll over. try to get through this kind of quick, but I did appreciate a shout out to Hutch who messaged me and said, you know, like, oh, yeah, was, yeah. He said he was pretty happy to hear like I had just fought the worm, the magma worm that he had just fought, too. So, yeah, we we're around the same spot. I trust you. You're way past me by now because that's how you play. But it was cool to know for a second there. that <laughs> Hutch and I were on the same level on uh, Elden Ring. But yeah, so Elden Ring, I've, I mean, that's all I played this week. I'm really just like I said, I'm a mono gamist. <laughs> I'm really just a. I can't. I have a hard time focusing on multiple video games at a time, especially once I, you know, I'm invested in them. And uh, you know what? I'm on my way to becoming the Elden Lord. I defeated Godric the Grafted, who is the first actual like a uh, shard bearer. I guess I've learned those guys are important. Is he that he super has- tall guy with like the thousand arms? Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't think that I was meant to have waited this long to fight him because i killed him my first try are you a little OP? in fact yeah he never even like touched me because i used my uh summon i used my spirit ashes which is like your familiars then i also use the summon because a lot of times i'll put an npc summon outside of a boss fight and i'm fine with using that like some people will say that's cheating but whatever the fuck i used it i actually had to unlock it like i had to go find that person and then they became the summon i could use so if you're uh i mean if you are able to if it is something that's available in the game that doesn't involve you like putting in a certain amount of button presses or putting in a code or whatever it's not cheating that's how i feel exactly like, get over yourself i feel the same way get over yourselves elden ring people i was uh, i was listening to nvc i'm sure you heard it also like the last nvc podcast where they were talking about how Kirby was actually harder than Elden Ring because you can't hit a button to have people come in and beat the bosses for you. I, I thought that was funny. I did get a kick out of it. I that. mean, it's cool. Like, I really do <laughs> like the fact that you can level up your uh, your familiars. They're called the Ashes. Well, so there's Ashes of War, then there's like Spirit Ashes. But yeah, that all represents like whatever, for, re- for whatever reasons, the cremated remains of uh, certain people either allow you to buff your weapons or. You could actually summon them. And uh, anyway, like I recently got a couple new of those summons. But yeah, for the most part, like uh, I defeated him and I just like I should have fought him earlier, I think, because I've been exploring the whole land and I'm not following the, the normal dialogue tree of how it's supposed to be. So I'm currently at level 80. That's why I said uh, I'm at the 80s babies at the top. <laughs> and I also did learn what the two fingers were once again also referencing what i said at the top uh the two fingers i thought was just a symbol and they're always like whatever you read the lower around the land as you're going they keep talking about the two fingers i'm like okay well that represents like good and evil probably or something like that and uh it's like a symbolic thing no eventually i unlocked an extra door in the hub world the other day and i just walked through it i'm like oh that door is open it was never open before i go in there there's literally this like super duper looking like I'm trying to think how to even describe it. It's like if like Gumby was made out of flesh instead of clay. Weird. Like it's like a Gumby <laughs> kind of figure with, frightening. with two just two fingers hanging down like this. So it's literally got like a palm and then it only has two fingers and they're hanging down like this and they have these huge hairs sprouting out of them. And at the same time, there's also like giant like 
pus infected wounds all over this thing so it's like super grotesque and it's like it's like if there was like uh somebody who had whatever the opposite of polydactyly is where you were born with less fingers it's like if you were, only had two fingers you had like you 10 have fingers like per palm. hand or something well no you only have two fingers and you have the palm you see like the the, the uh you know the shape of the palm and then it's just super grotesque and i was extremely surprised because i played well over 100 hours now and i thought the two fingers was just like a symbolism kind of thing i didn't think at any point i was going to find a hand that just had two fingers and uh there's sort of an interpreter that hangs out by it and it's this kind of looks like an old woman like uh like a really old woman like let's say like 80 plus her eyes are sucking in she literally has no eyeballs like there's just like you can just like look at her and there's just empty space behind her eyes and uh she's the interpreter for the two fingers and she'll talk to you and then she'll be like and now here's what the two fingers have to say and then her voice changes and her like whole intonation but within the game like that character still like moving her mouth to like voice the two fingers so it's really interesting but uh yeah, it's this game's got some crazy lore that I'm really starting to dig. But I mean, that's I mean um, that that was a big thing with the Dark Souls games as well that I heard is like it doesn't really it doesn't really tell you in the game, but they I guess it tells you enough that you want to look up and find the extra stuff on top of it. And yeah, I've heard people talk for so long about those original ones with the same sort of thing. So I figured it's similar but different world and all that. Yeah, I think that's what i've heard i've listened to some podcasts about it i've read some reviews and you know i'd already purchased it but it's taken up a lot of my time like i love it it's the second coming of breath of the wild you know like <laughs> everyone keeps saying that i don't care i'm gonna just support that i know it's generic but um, i actually found like a dark world kind of like i went down this elevator and there was a whole other world with the same map but below so Holy shit, there's a lot more to this game that I've even kind of experienced. I was talking last week about the merchant on the donkey. I went back and I killed him, and then I killed a bunch of other merchants. So, um, yeah. I've just been going around, and I've been kind of just... Because, like I said, I'm at level 80 now, so I'm just going around and like just steamrolling all the shit that used to give me grief and feeling really good about it. And it has a very Castlevania, like Symphony of the Night or any of those kind of games feeling where you know i'm i'm now op for this scenario where it used to just kill the fuck out of me so it's really fun to go back and kill enemies that used to give me a lot of trouble but also they don't give me much xp or rather runes which are both the money and the xp of this game yeah but anyway i don't know i'm literally one more person i could kill that i could possibly beat this game so I might only be talking about it for the next couple of weeks, or it might be another month. Who knows? I was gonna. I was wondering what would turn you around if anything would like to 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 get back on your switch at some point. But I was also wondering like what level you have to be at to get to get to the end of the game or how close you are and all that stuff. But I haven't. I, I don't know anything. I haven't looked up anything about it. I just keep hearing it on whatever. I'm kind of. I'm. I mean, I'm, I know it's a good game, but I'm kind of sick of hearing about it on every on every podcast that I listen to because. I'm going to say this, and it's another generic thing, and it's another thing that I might cringe hearing myself say in the future, but whatever, I'm going to say it. This is the new Skyrim. Like, this is going to be on everything. Well, that's, I mean, 
but that, but you know, that's an automatic negative for me because I thought Skyrim was a piece of shit. So uh, that's basically like saying this is the new uh, this is the new uh, uh, shit served in a plate. Oh, you mean like it's going to mm-hmm. be renewed for everything? Is what you mean? Not It'll not that it's yeah. not that it's bad yeah. like the Elder Scroll games are because those games are garbage. But uh, but yeah, like. Uh, yeah. You know, I've heard uh so they were obviously tongue in cheek. Obviously tongue in cheek. But I actually even heard someone playing on the popularity of Elden Ring by referring to it as our Lord and Savior. A lot of people really like it, and I'm not I'm not saying that it isn't a good game because I'm sure it is a good game. I, just, I think eventually you will be playing this on a Nintendo console. I don't know if it's the switch you, you, as you, we know it, but it would yeah. I mean if they want to try it, go for it. But I I you know Seven I don't years know from now yeah well switch to uh, switch to maybe well that's switch to exactly cloud what version. I meant by saying it was a <laughs> Skyrim because it'll be used as like a launch title for the next generation no I understand what you mean I just wanted to throw Skyrim mm-hmm. under the bus where it belongs but uh yeah <laughs> I I I liked Skyrim no I, I know I, I know I know you love that I actually forgot about that but yeah well but I see the no 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 I, I never I really I, did like Skyrim, actually you know what but I, I I never played Skyrim actually I played Oblivion and I hated it so much I wanted to piss on it and break it and throw it outside and <sighs> and power bomb it twelve thousand times because I hated that game so much like but it, I see the waste of time <laughs> but, but but I see the arguments against it. I, I like it, but I see why yeah. not everyone would. And you know what, though? That's everything. I mean, you know, um, there's almost nothing that's like, this is the right answer and everyone, but idiots in pervert degree. Yeah, but Elder Scrolls sucks. But uh, <laughs> but anyway... Um, uh, John, John, have you played... John from you know, St. John, have you played hmm. uh, Elden Ring at all? I asked John that Not actually yet. when when I got to Des Moines, I was like, right, I'm like, you're on Elden Ring too, right? Because uh, everybody is. I thought. Yeah, not yet, not yet. I um, okay. I will either I will either get it on Series X or I'll get it on Steam Deck. That'd be interesting well, to play it on Steam it. Deck. You I would like to talk there. to you yeah. about it. Like, yeah. I would be welcome to having conversations because right now Hutch is really the only person I've talked to. About. <laughs> oh, well, there's we just gotta... not a lot of people I know who are actually playing it. Well, it also we uh, got to wait. I'll, you know what? I'll get it on Steam Deck so I can play it on the go, like I did Skyrim and Witcher. I'm really like, interested play... to see how it is on there, uh, how it is on Steam Deck. I mean, well, I'm sure it's good. Right. I mean, I'm sure it plays well. It's a well, fantastic I'm... game, and no matter how you feel about it now, and you're sick of hearing about it, eventually, <laughs> Trey, eventually, I'll play. Jones, I'll play it eventually. You're gonna I'm play sure. it, and you're gonna love it. No, I probably look, will. Look, I, I'm saying nothing wrong with it. I'm just, I'm just tired of hearing it everywhere because it is everywhere. Right. Well, well, look. So, so I had Witcher three on my PC, and visually, it was exponentially better than the Switch, like degrees of magnitude better than the Switch. But I only put like an hour and a half into Witcher three on the PC, and I ended up logging like seventy five hours into Witcher three on the Switch. Yeah. Right. Wow. So that was another um, one I couldn't get into. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's Elder Scrolls level or anything. But I mean, I put it on my top games of the year for that year but i don't know i just couldn't i don't know and it wasn't even the graphics for me because graphics i don't care about i was just like i don't know it couldn't keep me it couldn't keep me i just played it for 20 hours and bounced off of it with me sure so but i think i'll get i think i'll get elden ring and cyberpunk on the steam deck and then i'll there you go we'll play you know (laughs) log server well and look look here's an interesting thing until i can upgrade the graphics card on my gaming pc my my gaming PC has a GTX 1070, which basically puts my gaming PC at about the range of an Xbox One X in terms of 
you know, gaming capabilities. So much higher resolution, much higher frame rates than the Steam Deck. But get this, the Steam Deck supports ray tracing, whereas my 1070 doesn't. So I'll bet you, I'll bet you in the grand scheme of things, Cyberpunk would probably look better on the Steam Deck than on my theoretically much more powerful PC because all that neon dystopia would be would be missing on the PC. Do you have the so, dock for did you order the dock as well? No, not yet. I um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and get the Steam Deck, and then once I have money again, <laughs> I'll get a I'll get a couple docks for it. But you know, we have a couple. So Jody works from home, and we have a couple docks from from that, right? And so, uh, you don't obviously the Steam Dock is is the ideal because it has you can sit it in the dock like you set the switch in the switch dock, right? It's more convenient. But if you're okay with the clunkiness of just having the Steam Deck sit on the table with a USB-C cable going to it, any dock will work. It's 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 less elegant, Lost but it serves the same purpose. Yeah. yeah, it serves the same. It's it serves the same purpose in a much less elegant way. So so I'll, I'll probably do that. And 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 the nice thing, one of the many nice things about the Steam Deck is you guys are familiar with NVIDIA DLSS, right? Where you basically so running a game on a PC at 4K takes a tremendous amount of system resources, right? Running a game at 1080p takes much less resources. Well, what, what DS, DLSS does, it's, it's a AI super sampler. So it will upscale the, the visuals to uh, 4K from 1080p or whatever. And it only caught, in terms of system resources, it only costs just a little bit more than native 1080. So you basically get almost native 4K quality at, at basically 1080p system resources, right? Well, AMD's equivalent to DLSS is called FSR, Fidelity Super Resolution. And very few games support FSR. But the Steam Deck builds FSR right into the OS, right into Steam OS 3. So, so even games that don't support FSR natively will be able to benefit from FSR. So you put, Steam, you put the Steam Deck into a dock on your TV, like a console or on your computer monitors, like a computer and using FSR, you can kick it up to 1080p or even 1440p or in, in cases of simpler games like portal, there, there are videos of people running portal through FSR in 4k and having it go. Okay. On steam deck. So, so you can do stuff like that. I, um, I probably won't push it past 1080, <laughs> but I think, I think, cyberpunk at 1080 with ray tracing will look better than cyberpunk at 4k without it i agree especially on like the smaller screen Mm -hmm. all right well uh so why don't we just we can just wrap it up here i think the only thing news wise worth mentioning is uh that e3 is canceled oh no i did hear about that that sucks you know what i mean i don't is even nobody nobody cares because e3 hasn't existed for the past i mean it's not since the pandemic so i mean microsoft has their own theater and 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 uh, sony Sony already left i mean it's nintendo left canceled digital too by the way it doesn't matter yeah I mean, well, it's Jeff Keeley's like, yeah, he's like, what could, what sort of shitty, uh, terrible program could I put together? Like similar to mm-hmm. the game awards again, but no, uh, I mean, it's the only thing I'm curious about E3 being, being canceled is just like, um, so does that mean that we won't get a Nintendo, uh, we won't get a Nintendo spotlight at that time. Right. So that means that we won't get that designated, uh, direct that we expect at that time. I mean, that's like, we'll get a direct Nintendo's just going to make it like synchronous to where it would have usually been Mm -hmm. yeah there's no reason nintendo couldn't do a direct i mean e3 i mean you know e3's been dead anyway i feel like it died Uh, died when the pandemic happened or whenever they they don't still have the theater i don't know if they dropped the theater but like 
they can still do an event from that spot if they want they to still have the theater time. i believe mm-hmm. but i think there's a place for a live in-person event and it would be a shame if that if that goes away uh, they said that they canceled it so that they could focus on coming back bigger and better in 2023 so it's i look forward forever. to that good luck good, I, good luck the pandemic isn't in anytime i think it's soon. gone forever I, 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 I don't think, think it's coming back either, but I mean, E3 was almost dead be, before the pandemic. I think there will be an in-person, industry-focused event, it won't if be not E3, E3 because, yeah, so, something else, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be E3, maybe it won't be, but something will, be something will take that place. It's going to be E4. 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 We'll <laughs> they're going to add a ergonomics. Yeah, they're going to add a fourth E. Yeah. And speaking There's of There's still room for something that is not a PAX, not a totally event something where where the industry people come and, and socialize and make projects happen because a lot of projects actually start at, at e3 when when these companies go off to their meeting rooms and stuff there's a need for it and someone will fill that need if it's not the e3 people sure maybe i mean if we ever if we ever bounce back from the uh from the pandemic officially in uh 2057 whenever whenever that happens but uh, speaking of adding extra E's to E3, we need to add an e- an E to this episode called End. We need to end this episode right now because <laughs> we've been going for a long time. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you listened this long, uh, if you want to hear more of us, go to patreon.com slash podcast. And I guarantee you, as of the time that this will be up, the WART radio for March will be posted because I'm going to post it tonight after this happens but i like awesome. i said i've been out of town so i wasn't able to so i wasn't able to get it up there yet so i i, I know i promised before that it'll be up on the first of the month this one's a little bit later because i was out of town and i just couldn't record it at the time so so there you from go From my perspective you've been in town <laughs> well i mean i was not i was in your town from my perspective yeah. <laughs> you're always out of town <laughs> sure yes <laughs> from, i'm i'm wherever on the perspective I was just saying earlier. I just need to now. I need, just need to get jobs in Champaign and Michigan, and then I can just uh, work, work, and also visit friends, which would be great. I'm into that. So, Perfect. I mean, I apply for ones all over the place, but they don't always pan out. But you know, whatever. But yeah, if you want to hear more of us, uh, go to Patreon.com/slash Nintendo Main Podcast, and also you can find us on Twitter at Nintendo underscore Domain and at JMaxStack, and of course. Uh, John Wedgworth, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. Well, so the easiest one is Twitter. My my uh, podcast page is at Nerd Noise Radio. My personal page is at JCW. Uh, you can look for me all over social media at both Nerd Noise Radio and on uh, my personal on my personal side. I don't use my real name. I'm not. You're not going to find John Wedgworth out there. You're going to find Saint John from Des Moines. There you go. And uh, do you want to? I mean, do you want to throw everybody the quick origin story on saint john you you just told it to me at uh at jay's while i was there yeah okay yeah i'll tell the story so so um there is a a video game music podcast that's probably the preeminent video game music podcast it's it wasn't the first but it was it's it's kind of the main one and it's the legacy music hour they're out of la it's brent weinbach and and uh, rob f switch rob f martinez rob f switch and they've been at it since like 2009 they're amazing these guys are just incredible anyway they would do a thing they would frequently do this thing where hey we want we want to play this game well one of the listeners send us a game and they were asking for contra hardcore and I happened to have it. So I sent, I sent it to them. And ever since then, they would refer to me as St. John rather than John, you know? And, uh, when I started nerd noise radio in 27, well, I start, I mean, nerd noise radio as a social media, uh, video game music aggregate started all the way back in 2013, but the podcast launched, launched in 2017. 
And originally I introduced myself as John Wedgworth, but um, a little bit later on, another VGM podcaster, Emily Donnelly, who goes by Key Glyph, who is super connected to Legacy Music Hour, really said, hey, I really I really think you need to just identify as St. John because that's how everyone knows you through Legacy Music Hour. And that would mean the world to me personally. So I wish you would identify as St. John. So at the beginning of 2019, I started referring to myself as St. John. And there we are. Nice. Amen. Amen. I, I like that it also had to do with uh, Contra Hardcore on Genesis, which is such an incredibly hard game. I I tried to play it many a times on the on the Mega Drive Mini, and also through like an expansion pack and all that, and can't get through the first uh, level set. But it looks great. It I lives like, up I, to its name. I like that you can play as a robot and a werewolf and all that, but it's fucking hard as shit. So there you it's go. It's super <laughs> fast. It's really super hard. Fast. It's really hard too. Like I, I couldn't get through the first boss, but but yeah, there's mm-hmm. that. Also, you can find uh, Twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast, uh, YouTube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast as well. You can find more of our stuff on there wherever you want to find it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Where can they send all those dick pics to Trey? No, no, (laughs) no. Only the only dick pics that are allowed are from up down. Yeah. And I don't mean your dick at the arcade. I mean, the picture of the statues, no, you know, send them to the up down. Keep your goddamn left, right agenda out of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Uh, no, send them to up down the bar. They they need to know that. No, uh, and thank you so much for being on the show, uh, Saint John. And thanks everybody for listening. And we are your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jerry Rikowski. I'm John Nitter. And our special guest, Saint John from Des Moines. And uh, we will see you next week, where we come back and talk about House of the Dead remake on Switch. We'll definitely be on there and other things. See ya. See ya. See ya. This week on Nintendo Main, I'm back from Iowa, and I got Kirby and Lego Star Wars. Plus, we have... I think I said Star Wars. You did. <laughs> I said some funny stuff, actually, in last episode. Instead of saying omission, I said emission. I don't think anybody caught that, but I did. In the I edit. caught it when I listened to it <laughs> Did later, you catch yeah. that? You know, it's like, uh-huh. I hope nobody heard that.